in 80 countries in seven languages to over a half billion viewers each week. The World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. A lot of people out there realize that I'm a little bit hyper, a little bit different, and a little bit the same at the same time. What did I say? It doesn't really matter because we're talking big steel cage match where nothing makes sense. Labyrinth, come in. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from here to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hello and welcome to This Is Brendan 118 with Jamie Francia, ring announcer for Crossbody Go Hard Pro, PWO, all sorts of different things. Uh, when I plug my events, we will also be at some of these events. But more importantly than being a fucking ring announcer, Jamie is a dear friend of mine, uh, someone that I would consider a confidant. I will say, though, I don't know if it's mentioned in the podcast or we talked off air, but this podcast is long as fuck, and he wanted to be the longest one, but congratulations, or unfortunately for you, you are not the longest one. This podcast was originally recorded over Instagram Live June 24th, 2021, so if you want to go to my Instagram at Holden Pro, you can actually watch us have this conversation. I love the fact that Jamie has this childlike wonder to him, uh, and he's in a great relationship right now, uh, a great headspace, and every now and then he does get down, and he's one of my favorite people to send a message to and a little video ton, and that his brain's fucking trying to protect him, but goddamn it, he's lying to him. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my very dear close friend, Jamie Franchak, which, if you enjoy this, find Jamie on Instagram at jfrancisco82. And Twitter at toast underscore and underscore Jamie. All links are down below. Hope you enjoy this. Talk to you very soon. I predict an earthquake up in here. Say yeah. I predict an earthquake up in here. Cause we throw bombs on it. Throw bombs on it. Just smash something. Yes, much for me. Hey, yes. What the fuck is up, Jamie Franchuk? What's up, man? Not much. How you doing? Uh, I, 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 why does that question fuck me up? I'm happy. Literally Good. yesterday at like five or something, I'm lying down in my bed and I just looked around and I just went, I'm very contempt right now. I'm very just meh, like in a good way. And I, yeah. I, I said out loud, is this happy? <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Ro- roll with it. Ride it yeah. out. <laughs> hey, I fucking tried. I fucking tried. I uh, I walked home from work. Here's how. So when people complain, like, "Oh, I can't do something," or "That's too difficult," or whatever. Uh-huh. So here's what I did today at work. So I don't know how long it would take me to walk to work, but uh-huh. also I would have to walk home from work. So I realized if I drove to work, I could leave my car there and then walk uh-huh. home. Oh, great. Sorry. The open lines is uh, next week. But after I talk with Jamie for a little bit, feel free to uh, pop in and maybe like 45 minutes, an hour. Uh, but yes, the open lines is next week, uh, agreed. And uh, if you're interested, uh, we're watching Heroes of Wrestling and uh, what's it called? Uh, ooh, I blanked for a second. Heroes of Wrestling. 
and a bunch of the acolytes of Albright are in a promo contest, I would love for you to join the Zoom group chat, Greed. That is an open invitation to you as well, Jamie. It's tomorrow cool. at 8 p.m. You guys can be as my celebrity guest judges and <laughs> feel free to shit on these people. <laughs> would love you to shit on him, mostly because he'll yell at you back while falling asleep or passing out or having a heart attack in a chair. We're not too sure. But uh, yeah, so I left my car at work today. I left my van and I walked home. I have a really bad sunburn now. It doesn't hurt. I can just see that it's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> people can fucking see that. My head's red. I can see it on your head. Yeah. I think the uh, constant sunburns in my life has led to this hairline. Like, I think it's literally the sun just killing the follicles, I want to say it is. Yeah, you poor, poor hair. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that. Uh, but uh, I walked home from work, which means I got to walk to work tomorrow at, like, 2 a.m. Of It's about a two-hour walk. But the thing is, I live in Brampton, so mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to text my girlfriend and my mother when I get to work to just make sure I didn't die. It's not a, mm -hmm. oh, that's cute, he texted I might get jumped or run over by a fucking, like, a dump yeah. truck. Half of my walk at the beginning has no sidewalk. And it's all, oh. like, kind of industrial area. Yeah. I've never had semi-trucks, like, drive by me this close while I'm basically on the side of the road. And uh, it's very common when you're happy that, like, you were a part of it. I sent out a lot of appreciative messages today. And sure did. It didn't take till later on, but... uh People started asking me if I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you were okay. I knew it wasn't a, uh, I knew it, it didn't come off as a uh, cry for help. <laughs> no, it was super excited. Uh, Keegan, have a good one. I'll talk to you very soon. Uh, but how are you doing, Jamie? I'm great. Uh, yeah, no complaints. Kind of the same. Uh, I want to get a haircut. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was in Brampton on Tuesday uh dropping something off for work just to get out of the house but yeah man i'm just i don't know chilling just i don't know every night or every other night when i'm eating dinner i watch superstars and uh play some video games i'm playing mlb 21 and mm -hmm. yakuza 2 and uh digging both of them uh yeah, mlb's and... infuriating like it's <laughs> infuriating I've been doing a lot of jumping squats when i want to smash everything i just break into the jumping squats and yeah, I'm going to have a hell of a leapfrog when I'm back in the ring. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that comment in a second of when I'm back in the ring. But uh, mm -hmm. first off, I want to talk, you mentioned the video games. Do you have any Lego sets you're currently working on? Uh, actually, I just finished, finished a couple over here. I don't know if you can see them, but that Spider-Man Spider Daily Bugle set is sweet. Dude, that um, office, that office mm -hmm. Spider-Man picture is fucking adorable. Oh, it's so cool. Like, yeah. And that's where, uh, so I, we talked about it a couple weeks ago and you're asking me like, if it has to have the green goblin busting out of it. No kingdom and told me that I'll send you a video to fix the broken window. And yeah. he never sent me the video. And I also thought he meant my windshield on my fucking car. And Is that broken? It's been cracked for like two years. Steve Brown oh, was nice. supposed to replace it via booking fee. <laughs> It's at my workplace right now, still cracked. But, Sick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what's it called? Uh, I sent that photo to uh, Kingdom to just be like, mm -hmm. look, Lego. And like you and Kingdom are on like the opposite ends of the Lego uh, spectrum. He's mm -hmm. on the, the creator side of it, and you're cool. on like, the license side of it. Which, mm -hmm. 
I fucking hate that you introduced that Nintendo set into my brain now because, mm-hmm. like, I have a box here that literally says YouTube, and it's a huge box of stuff for me to open. There's a few Lego sets in there. I want to do a YouTube series called Boot Lego, where I would build bootleg Lego sets. There's Sick. there's a Morio set that my sister got from, like, Singapore or Thailand. Like, we're talking legit bootlegs. Like, might be lead poisoning bootlegs. Hell uh, yeah. But then I have a Van Gogh fucking uh, puzzle that I want to do to calm me down. And uh, mm-hmm. as you can tell by my erraticness, that puzzle has not been opened. But uh, it's there for you. Go, <laughs> how did you go down the Lego rabbit hole? Oh, man. My buddy Zach, who I've been friends with since, like, God, we were, like, I think grade three or four. Um, like, ten years ago, he got he started getting into it. I think he had a breakup or something. And he just started buying Lego. And uh, so I grew up in Sarnia. I don't live there anymore, and I haven't for a long time. So whenever I'd go back and visit, which was like, I don't know, every couple months, uh, Zach's fucking mantle would have, like, just sick, like, pirate ships and, uh, like, the the city creator sets. And uh, so, like, I've always loved it. But back then, I just couldn't, I don't know, quote, unquote, justify it, I guess. Yeah. But then uh, about a year ago, um, I was, uh, I was at Zach's and just like admiring his Lego sets. And he's like, you know, there's a Nintendo set coming out. And I was like, Oh, what do you mean? So I checked it out. So that's what that exact set that you're talking about is what oh got me into it. Uh, when I finished that one, uh, I bought another one and another one. And now I've got like a few car, I've got like a Batmobile, like a huge one. And like a couple of like, like a Lamborghini or something. Yeah, I've got a Lamborghini and Bugatti and they were really expensive, but because I was just built the fucking engine. Yeah, hell yeah, and they like all the pistons move. It's so cool. I like it's you said like piss things. <laughs> no, no, no piss things in there. I did not piss on the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so uh, sorry, you were about to say earlier before I cut you off of the broken window for the Spider-Man set. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, it's easy. You don't even need like. It's easy to figure out because like all the pieces are there. They're just like on these like sticks that kind of stick out. So you can just like take the stick pieces out and move everything and it wouldn't be too bad. I've got it set up him flying out of there. I've got like Sandman coming out of the road. I've got like the old school sixties Batmobile. Actually that one just came in um, with old school Adam West Batman and uh, uh, Cesar Romano Joker. Like, yeah, man, it's uh, it's, I have a kitchen table. That's like, it's out. It's, it's not a kitchen table anymore. Like ever again. Dude, like I've got uh, nowhere else to put this. I want, uh, I want to be on a fly on the wall for you and Kingdom James to have like a Lego conversation, and I oh, want man. like your perspective of, okay, at this point, I know I'm going down the rabbit hole. How do I make an Otisburg? Tell me how. What were flaws you had that you had to like destroy everything to build it up? Uh, and uh, Justin Zane in the chat does ask. What's your dream Lego set that you guys would love to build? So I, I'll go first so you can think about this for a second. There are these, once again, bootleg Lego sets that were like stackums or something. And it's <laughs> WWE themed. So like there'd be like oh, little arenas. And sick. know those like not good toy stores in the mall, like toys, toys, toys. And just yeah. like, they're, they're just not good toys. They have stuff, <laughs> but they're not good. Like nothing's really name brand, but like no. they have they have all the wrestling action figures that never sold at the stores. Yeah. So they Arachnaman. Oh, uh, <laughs> so uh 
when they went out of business, like there was a few of them, and they had boxes of this uh, Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin on the ATV. And oh, I regret, because I think it was like right during uh, maybe not the holiday season during the pandemic, but like last March, like last year of like when stuff was figuring out what's going to be open, what's going to be closed, mm-hmm. that they cleared out and like, it was either they already closed or the mall closed, so I couldn't get inside. And I was just gonna buy a shit ton of them. I was gonna give them away and stuff. But like, uh, uh, what would uh, yours be? Oh man, like I, it's not like a thing, but well, I, I want the. Uh, so what? Like I said, when I started getting into it, I had the Nintendo and some cars and stuff. But uh, I got that the Ghostbusters firehouse because I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, but I had to buy it like on the secondary market, like a guy was selling it. I got a sweet deal for it also, like compared to what it is today, still paid a lot, um, but worth it. Um, but from that and now with this daily bugle set, like I want to get the city creators and like, I want like this table and then like a new table that's builder. I that's bigger. I want like, I, I think you said Otisburg. Is that what kingdoms city's called? Yeah, it's called? I want a fucking Otisburg of my own, like whatever I'm going to call it. Like, hell yeah. That's, that's the dream. I want a fucking Otisburg. Uh, I might need your nerd knowledge uh, for some of these because I don't, A, Bobby B asked Superstar Destroyer? Question mark. I don't know what that is. I think that's, uh, so I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I think that's like the huge like ship that's like a triangle. Uh, oh. And I think there's like one out there that's like, 10,000 pieces or something that's just fucking crazy. Uh, Like, it'll take up, like, a coffee table. Yeah, so Justin Zane did say his would be the Imperial Cruiser. That's what Bobby B replied to. And he said, yes, sir, which I guess that's the one that just shoots out the laser. Well, yeah, the Star Destroyer slash planet. And Bobby B, this is okay. Once again, do not know if he mistyped this. Do not know if I'm not nerdy enough. And I'm okay (laughs) not being nerdy enough. But it would be a custom Mina's Turth. Turth? I thought that was I, gonna be truth, but I see two eyes. Uh yeah, I'm uh I'm not nerdy enough, I guess. I don't know, I don't know the Star Wars stuff, if that's even a Star Wars stuff reference. Okay, I'm literally I, I'm playing a call out to him to so <laughs> that he could get okay, explain this Venus Tirith from Lord of the Rings. Okay, so oh, what, what I'm also that? not a Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah. She is that what? is that the mountain with the eye on it? No, that's like the Eye of Sauron. No, Minas Tirith is like the, the movie in the, the the city in the last one where they have like that last standoff battle. You you don't want something happy like where all the midgets live, like in the little mini houses? No, man, dude. I Okay, so I, you guys talking about Lego, really, I, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could get in on this because I, I used to run a, a eBay store selling oh, Lego. Oh, shit. Look at that. Tricks with Bricks. And I'll, I'm, I'm just going downstairs here because I want to show you all real quick. So I know you're not Star Wars guys, but um, I can appreciate so like so like I have a TIE fighter there and Sick. a bunch of random Star Wars. There's like an X-Wing up there. And I made this little like thing to display all my figures and they it even Hell like yeah. turns because I'm like pretty. Uh, yeah, I got, you know, like a little bit. To, so this thing right here, this is what I was talking about. I paid. Not retail. I don't know why I typed retail. I paid two sixty for this fucking thing <laughs> at a at a Comic Con. 
but uh, I sold most of my Lego stuff, unfortunately, because I needed cash a few years ago. I also got this little Lord of the Rings uh, little setup here, but I still have a huge, huge bag of Lego that somebody can have to slam somebody else on in a match at some point. There is the, uh, what's it called? I think Interspecies Wrestler is trying to do like the million block challenge or something of like they're trying to get that many. Uh, Kingdom talked to Addy about it on uh, on his podcast, but I need to fill, there's so many great collections and I am just like, that, I don't want to say like I'm hard for those collections, but I just like seeing it sorted out and just like, I can't wait. Like I want to film everyone's collection and just show it and just like, because there's a little bit of pride in that. Like, I understand none of us have children, so we don't have a fucking photo to be like, oh, look, graduation. Oh, look, first steps. We go, oh, look, it's Stone Cold Shawn Michaels on the Rock as Ghostbusters. <laughs> Pretty but, uh, much. Before you go, Bobby, quickly plug your stuff, and especially your, uh, because you're catching up on some back orders, so that people yeah, know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, so uh, Venom Denim Customs, I'm, I'm catching up on some back orders. I got a few things I got to finish for people, but then I'll be taking new orders. The Real Uncle Bobby B on Instagram. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you two gents. Jamie, we're going to talk Lego and ring announcing sometime soon. Hell yeah, man. All right, talk peace, to you soon, Bobby. Later. Dude, community shit. Community shit. I'm fucking <laughs> I'm sunburnt and happy. This is a bad Good. combination. But uh, let's, go. <laughs> let's keep wrestling uh, to the back burner a little more. What are some other interests and uh, things that you enjoyed either in your childhood, like little five-year-old Jamie with a bowl of cereal on like a Saturday morning or something, yeah. or just like random stuff that you're either still into or you think about every now and then. I looked up a video on Beast Wars yesterday. Okay, I'm sorry. Sick. I watched several videos on Beast Wars, and the shortest was 15 minutes long. So yeah. I, uh, I'm getting ready for Transformers 7, which there's seven. I, I didn't know there was another one coming. But it's Beast Wars. It's Beast oh, Wars. Cool. It's oh, set okay. in the 90s. Captain cool. Marvel was awesome because it was set in the 90s. I understood yeah. these Radio Shack and Blockbuster uh, <laughs> announcements. So what? I want to know your nerdy shit, Jamie. And what's up, uh, Ben? I think he just popped in here. Cool. And actually, thank you, Wade. Uh, this is my um, knockoff Padres jersey that I didn't know was a knockoff when I bought it, but <laughs> it ended up being pretty sick. But I might need to reach out to Uncle Bobby B to put a couple MLB fucking patches on there and to change out the actual uh, Padres patch because it's, uh, it's really shitty. But on the whole, it is a sick jersey. So thank you, Wade. Uh, but uh, so I, I've always, since I was like a fucking... I don't even know. Like, as far back as I can remember, I've loved Ghostbusters. Like, straight up. Like, loved Ghostbusters. Still think first movie is legitimately, not only it's my favorite movie, but legitimately one of the best movies ever made. Fucking mm -hmm. love it. Ghostbusters shit all around this house. You'd think it would be like, basically it's girl repellent just everywhere. So, um, yeah, like, as a kid, I was just always looking forward to the next fucking uh, Saturday morning um, with the lineup of whatever, but it always had real Ghostbusters in there and uh, this WWE superstars, which was huge for me. And uh, my favorite place to watch it would be my grandparents' house because they had a sick-ass basement that was, like, untouched since the 70s. <laughs> so, like, it was just, like, the most comfortable fucking basement in the world. Like, this big old-school TV, like, that had, like, the feet on it that sat on the floor. Like, yep. and it was, in, like, a wood box. Like, awesome stuff. So, yeah, that was... I don't know, that was all my jam. I love the Ninja Turtles too. Um, 
video games have always been a thing. So like going back to like talking my that 70s basement, my grandparents would also take me to the mall because we would just do something if I was over there. And uh, oh, shout out, uh, shout out Big Ben in there uh, in the uh, in the chat. Uh, He's dropping in, Saved by the Bell, uh, Real Uncle B's popping for the 70s basement, wood paneling. I, I'm just going to yeah. say, I'm, I'm going to put it into the universe right now because there's a lot of things I want to just tweet. And then I go, I've tweeted two times today. That's enough. And then there's mm -hmm. days where I have one Instagram story. And then there's days like today that I just saw a whole bunch of stuff, thought it was relevant. And then someone talked shit about intergender wrestling. And then I saw a drunk people doing things video that was literally what they said was unrealistic, realistically <laughs> happening. Fucking wrestling fans. But uh, I will put it into the universe because I also don't want to post this because people won't fully understand. But within five years, I will have a studio space for GTA Wire. And there will be a set that just looks like your Nona's fucking house. It will just be an old TV, wood paneling. There's a staircase, but like it's one floor. So that staircase doesn't go anywhere. It might just be like a not a stencil, but like printed on the wall in the background. <laughs> it's not even a real staircase, but we all just pretend to be going down the stairs. Uh, Hell yeah. Oh. But uh, so teenage uh, video games. So, so I would, we would go to the mall, hanging out with my grandparents. Like this isn't every weekend. This is just like my favorite weekends. Um, Damn, hanging same. out. They would, they would be like, Oh, let's go to the mall. So we'd go to the mall and Sarnia had a pretty sick arcade back in the back of like, you know, the fucking t-shirt print store. It was called lots of fun. Okay. Um, and it's just this, like, I can see it. Like, I can picture this fucking room. It was my favorite room in the world. Full of arcade games, painted fucking black, no light in there. And it was also down a back hallway. So, like, no light could even get to it. Uh, and it had, like, the two Ninja Turtles uh, uh, arcade games, which, like, I would just, like, watch for hours, like, if I didn't have any money. But my grandparents, God bless them, would be like, how much money do you need for one of these things? I'd be like, um, $10. And $10 is, like, too much for the fucking, for quarter machines in the yeah. arcade. So I'd be in there for, like, three hours. Like, <laughs> some of the best times of my life. And just, like, hanging out with, like, teenagers that were probably selling drugs. And, like, it was just the fucking best. Like, um, so I, my version of that, that, like, looking back on it is very sketchy but nothing mm -hmm. bad ever happened. It's what people <laughs> assume something bad would happen. Then you realize yeah. all the bad stuff happens at the nice places. Yeah. Uh, mine was Bob's. Uh, it was just called Bob's and we would go there to buy <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Cool. But the thing is, it's a little Kit Kat convenience store on the front where you just do whatever. And then in the back, it makes no fucking sense. There's a reason that only like really children enjoyed this place. It, mm -hmm. it is shaped just in a straight line. Like, there is the counter that has shit inside it, almost like a comic book store. There's shit on the walls. There's Beyblade toys. There's toys everywhere. And I think even my mom went there to get me, like, some sort of Beyblade, maybe arena or, like, whatever the dual thing was. Mm -hmm. uh, and she was just like, I hate that place. Like, why? And I drove by it. And I don't know why, but it's, like, for sale or something. And I think they modeled it so that it could be, like, a house or an office. But I just keep looking at that back door because you could enter from either side. And yeah. I'm just like, when I open that, actually, yeah, because the studio, I brought it up. When I open that studio space, I want to have a merch area that looks like those dingy fucking where you'd go buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards, where you'd go buy comic books. And like, it is not comfortable, but like, mm -hmm. that's the appeal to it, that it's not oh, comfortable. Yeah. Like, it, it that's feels the aesthetic. too realistic. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, man, that sounds amazing. I've got, uh, I want to someday, and like this is like pipe dream. I don't know how I'm ever going to do this, but I want to have a house. That's like my house. But behind it is like a sweet workshop, but like not for like tools and shit because I'm not handy at all. <laughs> it's going to be like fucking like full arcade games, like a sweet place, like a nice hangout area, like a bar in there. Like, yeah, that's that's the dream. But uh, if, you know, that costs you like got, a million dollars. Do you, uh, they're popping off in the chat. Do you have Battletoads memories? I know that that was like a... Yeah, it's hard as fuck. I've, <laughs> I have it. Um, I also collect... Uh, like NES and SNES and Genesis games. And okay. yeah, I, I, I have Battletoads and yeah, fuck Battletoads, man. But uh, a few years back, like before I was collecting, um, I was borrowing a friend's Wii and they had Battletoads on the Wii. Mm. And uh, I beat that fucking turbo tunnel level. I've only done it once and it took like a long time. And like, if I was playing it today, it'd be a lot of jumping squats, but. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. And it was like, I like, I like that that is your, uh, I, I'm gonna start using that actually. Um, yeah. I don't really get frustrated in life right now because like, I don't wanna say I don't have too many challenges, but like what exhausts me is working out. So I'm already doing the thing that I would compensate it with. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm very much like I play a game and I'm just like, either I beat it and it's like a racing game. I'm like, fuck yeah, cool. Or like, I just barely lose. I'm like, that sucked. And like, I just register my feelings that way. But now if I ever get aggravated, I think even if I get annoyed with people, I might be like, don't make me do jumping squats. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, years ago, cause like the thing that frustrates me the most in life is video games. Um, I was playing Ninja Gaiden for Xbox and like, this is when Ninja Gaiden and it was just Xbox. Um, so I was like maybe like 20 and uh, I was, uh, so in my life, I've kind of been a roller coaster of like being overweight and then normal weight. And uh, this was like the second time I was like probably 270. And uh, I just like broke up with a girl and was like, okay, got to get into shape. And uh, basically how I got into shape was playing Ninja Gaiden, being overly frustrated and busting out sets of 20 sit-ups or 10 push-ups. And uh, I got down to 195. And it wasn't just that, no. but uh, that was it a helped. big fucking part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so you mentioned Sega there. And uh, I just watched a video on Metal Jesus Rock's YouTube channel, like top five underrated consoles. And he brought up, he brought up the Sega Dreamcast and the Sega Genesis for the fact of, they both got fucked over by the PlayStation. That they came out right before the PlayStation One, and then it came out again right before the PlayStation Two. The, so, the Saturn and the uh, Dreamcast. Okay, that's what it was. So, uh, yeah. what's your? I feel like not enough people talk about Sega. So, what are your? Uh, Sega? So I, I was always a Nintendo guy, but uh, another one of my buddies. So I'm lucky. I've got like I've been friends with my friends forever. So another buddy, Ryan. Um, yeah, we've been we've been friends since like grade one, still very close. Um, but he had a Genesis, I had a Super Nintendo. So sometimes we would uh, we would trade, and uh, the best fucking. So I love Sonic games, but like I don't at the same time. Like I don't think they're good. They're really like as much as they say like oh they're so fast. They're not fast. Like there's parts that like the screen moves fast, but when you actually <laughs> have to do shit. It's slow. Like when to get Sonic moving, it's like like a curve and it takes forever to get it moving. So you're just like stepping forward. So fuck Sonic. But Sonic, <laughs> the music in Sonic is fucking incredible. Like first level of Sonic and Sonic 2 is the fucking 
two of the best songs in all fucking video games. Like I could just put those songs off and like feel like I'm having the nicest summer day in a field. Like they're just so fucking good. Um, but that being said, a good game on Genesis, probably the best fucking game on Genesis was Skitchin, which was a rollerblading game where it's like rollerblade races where you hold onto the back of cars and like fucking hit other racers with like crowbars and shit. It was the fucking best. And just turning the game on, it's like, you know, presented by Sega or whatever. And the first fucking thing you hear is Skitchin! And then boom! It's just so fucking 90s and fucking awesome. And it was like a lot of fun. Did you ever play any of, like, the EA Sports games? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So, in your mind, still to this day, even though it hasn't really done it since the mid-2000s, EA Sports, get in the game. Get in the game. Yeah, all the time. All the time in my fucking head. My only real, like, sports video game knowledge is, like, the NASCAR video games. like Yeah, hell yeah. From, like, NASCAR 2000 until, like, maybe 2007 or whatever, when they started having, like, weird subtitles to it, I oh. I bought every one. And then, like, this is why... So, Jay Chung posted a video of Jet uh, learning how to spell his name. Mm-hmm. And he's a baby. He's, like, three years mm-hmm. old. His birthday was earlier this month. Of yeah. We were all there of not knowing how to connect the lines on the T or like how to do a J properly that like, no matter what we are now, we were all that at some point Uh and just looking at that, put like the, the thought in my mind. And then also I constantly think, because I don't know like physics, I didn't graduate high school, like all this stuff of like, I don't know. I'm not book smart that Uh I feel like, Oh, I'm dumb. I'm like, I don't have this knowledge. But then I realize I'm like, I know a lot. I, I was I was talking to Ryan Knight the other day, and I, we were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! And I brought up specific Yu-Gi-Oh! memories from, like, the 500 fucking episodes. And I remembered <laughs> it more than he did, even though he brought it up. And I go, you think our minds are like hard drives? And there's a lot of wasted space that we could have used for something else? Hell yeah. There was a... Uh... An old, uh, so you know, you know, I don't know if you remember because you might be a little young for it. Remember the show Married with Children with Al Bundy? Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I don't mean to, yeah, that was offensive. How I, how I, my family is, uh, I don't want to say similar to that, but it's in that, uh, in that universe of, okay, that I, it came, it started in like 89 or 90. So like it was mm-hmm. before me, but, I definitely watched all the reruns and I watched it all of, I even vividly remember when TV Tropolis started and like oh. they would have all the old things that I was playing burnout, Par- not burnout paradise, but like burnout revenge or Take revenge. Out. And yeah. I would be watching married with children while playing that. And like, I used the old school. It's so funny. Like I had a 19 inch TV in my room of just like the little cube ones. And oh. then there was this real old fucking like, box like scramble vision tv that you had to hit at the side because every now and then it stuttered and that was like underneath the regular tv so when i was able to switch out like put the playstation on the shitty tv and watch married with children that like i think that's what started my add but uh yeah married with children fucking love it which by the way uh king kong bundy and dusty Rhodes are the reason for the couple's Mm -hmm. names yeah. Uh, go on with the Married with Children. Uh, I heard that only in the past couple years, and I forget I think I where. I told you. Maybe, because, yeah, that is fucking awesome. 
But um, there's an episode where Kelly has to be on some sort of a uh, trivia show or something. Mm-hmm. I, or maybe she's in a, like graduating high school. I don't remember. Oh, no, it had to have been a trivia show because it was sports trivia. So Al's teaching her all this fucking sports trivia. And it shows this scene of her head and like knowledge going in, but like knowledge coming out because <laughs> there's only a finite amount of space. And everybody who's watched uh, Mary with Children knows that Al Bundy scored four touchdowns in one game for Paul Kai. That's what he lives his whole life on is his high school football career. So all this knowledge, sports knowledge going in, one of the things that went out, because she already knew it was who scored four touchdowns in one game. Sure enough, the like $10,000 question is local sports trivia, who scored four touchdowns in one game cuts to Al. Of course, she doesn't get it because the Bundys usually always lose. They win sometimes. But uh, so, yeah, that's what I picture when you're saying that is just knowledge in, knowledge out. So I, I've been contemplating doing a podcast review series of Seinfeld for like the last seven years. I wanted to call it Seinfeld Saturdays. We'd either watch like a disc from the DVD, so like three to four episodes, or we do it episode by episode. And uh, CJ in the chat did say, do you guys remember Spike TV show MXC? We will go down the Spike <laughs> TV just praising it in a second. But I think, because Married with Children's good, Seinfeld's good. I think coming at the end of the summer, I'm going to do a alternating weeks uh, podcast mm-hmm. where it will be have someone on of watch an episode of Seinfeld, have someone on, watch an episode of Married with Children, and it'll just be flip-flop each week of just like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Sick. Uh, I, if you need a guest on that, I well, I just watched Seinfeld, like, I don't know, like six months ago straight through. So, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I've been trying to push for you and Ulysses to have a show. So uh, there, there will be... I'll, I'll tell people here because it's a podcast. You get the you get the thought process. You you entered the barrier of entry of either watch this Instagram TV video almost 45 minutes in or 30 minutes into the <laughs> podcast. On March 1st, I'm relaunching GTA Wire properly that it would have a series of Twitch channels, YouTube videos, and podcasts of like a regular schedule. And then uh, I can't tell that second phase of that. But that's phase one. That's phase one, mm-hmm. March 1st. Uh, figuring out all the hosts and all the different stuff. So, like, this might be it. Jamie will have a podcast. I've, I, I'm very Joe Rogan and the uh, opposite in the accepting portion and being mm-hmm. like fifty and on steroids. But on the <laughs> you should have a podcast because I think everyone should have a podcast because either a they should do it because I think they're entertaining or b they should do it and fail but at least they have the experience of trying. Oh yeah. And, uh, going to MXC though. Tommy Richardson, great fucking fan, uh, great dude. Uh, he brought up that he has all of MXC on a hard drive, and no I way. told him when I find my when I find a space, we're gonna do like a live stream of us watching MXC just back to back to back. There is when I get my own space, and I don't mean fucking like the studio space, but my own, and it might possibly, me and Rex Atkins might be roommates by the end of the year. This wrestler house might start happening, so it's very Sick. scary. But Lord, <laughs> of the, Lord of the Rings, MXC, Star Wars, and Fast and the Furious, because... Oh, I, I love Fast and the Furious. Dude, I was Like, that's talking. a legit good franchise. People have been ragging it as, like, bullshit, fuck you it is yes. good and if you don't think it's good 
get your head out of your own fucking ass. It's fucking great. And anybody who knows, knows. Like, I don't care how cool you are. There are some pretty fucking cool people I know that are like, yes, Fast and the Furious is amazing. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Fun fact of uh, when I worked at the movie theater, after Fast and Furious, what happened? You definitely hear the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, I was in, like, I don't know, high school, I think, when the first one came out. I think it was, like, 1999. Um, oh, shit. I think somebody just got shot outside. Um, oh, are you in Brampton? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know what the hell that was, to be honest. But anyways, um, when the theater would get out of Fast and the Furious, the cops would line London Road in Sarnia and that you just see people pulled over. Like it was like almost like Fast and the Furious was released for the police to make a quota. <laughs> Fast and the Furious is a police trap. Hell yeah. Uh, I just realized also, uh, we'll go down the Spike TV rabbit hole because it does not get appreciated enough, especially in this world of toxic masculinity and stuff. Spike TV was the man's channel and had like the recipe for what toxic masculinity would be, but it didn't have the outcome of it. So, uh, but before that, I was going to ask you, but uh, the transition between you and CJ was my bad. I set that invite a little too early. What would you describe no your title? So if you go, hi, I'm Jamie Franchek. There's a little business card for you. What do you, what would you explain yourself as? Like for myself, I'd be like, oh, pro wrestler, entertainer, uh magician general idiot <laughs> my uh like i want it to read uh like ring announcer or like some form of professional wrestling business person but really my title like is is it's automation specialist because that's what i do for my job like that's that's what i am so it's, it's super like boring but like i'm not gonna like make something up but like yeah if i if like if I could, like, uh, you know, put everything into place, yeah, it would be, like, professional announcer. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's appreciate Spike TV for a minute. Give me, uh, quickly, your favorite shows and why, like, three or four of them. Like Spike TV or just in general? Uh, Spike TV. Uh, my favorite Spike TV show was the Joe Schmo show. Remember okay. that one? The reality TV show, and yeah. the guy on it didn't know he was on a reality TV show. It's a bunch of actors. It had a couple like people you know, like oh, what's her name? The actress from Reno Nine One One, the blonde girl. She's got big boobs. She's been in a ton of movies and stuff. She's older. I love um, comedians. That once you start like knowing comedians, you see them in everything. You see them in the background of iCarly. You just see them. Mm -hmm. You see them paying their bills, literally. Patton Oswald is the best for that. He's in everything. You know, you know who that is, right? He's from uh, King of Queens. He's like the uh, nerdy. Oh, I know Patton. Uh, yeah, okay, good. Um, but yeah, he's my favorite to just show up. And Henry Rollins, which, not really a comedian, but he, oh God, more gunshots. He did more like, uh, he was in Black Flag punk band. Like he's this punk icon. And then he started doing spoken word tours, which were super entertaining. But I don't know that I'd get as much out of them now as I did in my 20s. But uh, I don't know. He's a no-nonsense non no dude. Um, but he showed up in, like, Bad Boys 2. So that's pretty cool. And, like, that uh... – oh, man, the guy who played Batman. Michael Keaton yeah. snowman movie where it's, like, really sad because the Jack dad turns into a snow. That's it. Yeah, he's in that. Uh, Henry Rollins is in that, too, as, like, a hockey coach, I think. Uh I would, uh, what's it called? Uh, I, I did quote, so in the podcast description, if you're listening to this later on, one of the quotes will be, oh God, more gunshots. 
that <laughs> is going to be one of the description co- quotes. Uh, you bringing up the Joe Schmo show, though, uh, Justin Zane in the chat. Hey, CJ says uh, pros versus Joes was the best. CJ, oh, uh, versus, yeah. Justin Zane kind of screwed up the question in the chat. Uh, he wrote down cops, UFC, Dog the Bounty Hunter, MXC, et cetera, et cetera. Dog yeah. the Bounty Hunter was A&E. Oh, <laughs> true. Kind of came a little later on, but UFC and MXC counts. Cops uh, on Spike was the only reason I kept cable for as long as I did because it was always on. And this was, I guess, in the probably the dying days of Spike. Well, yeah. no, not really. Like Spike, the restaurant, uh, that restaurant makeover show with that fucking John Taffer. Bar Rescue? Where, Bar Rescue, that show fucking ruled. That was the dying days. And then I think it's still on on like Paramount. I see it at hotels, but I haven't been into a hotel in so long. But uh, yeah, fucking cops rules, man. Cops fucking, I'm not the biggest fan of police officers. <laughs> but the show but cops. the show cops is so fucking good. Did you watch, uh, what's it called? Uh, Campus PD? No, I. that was a little... That came on like right after I got rid of cable, but I would read about Campus PD. Dude, it, it, it it's cops with just dumb fucking frat kids. Yeah, like, sounds awesome. <laughs> and like, but, but like the cops aren't good, and not like I mean like they're shooting minorities. I mean like they're mall they're bad at their job. Yeah, like, they're just they're, like security. They're hoping they don't have to run. But, like, <laughs> they think that this is cops. And it's just fucking hilarious. Because especially most of the time, what comes out of it of there's someone who is the owner or resident of the house going, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. We kicked this person. And then someone jumps out a fucking window. <laughs> like, That's good TV. Well, he's not inside anymore. Can you take him away? <laughs> uh, so we we only mentioned the Joe Schmo show. Uh, what are some of your other uh, favorite besides? Well, actually, no, because you mentioned cops being one of the reasons that you mm-hmm. kept it for a little bit. So number three, what are you? All the pressures on. What's your number? The uh, I, easy. It, it, the Ultimate Fighter. I watched two seasons of that, and like, I mean, it was of course going to start getting boring. But the fact that I got two seasons out, like I got uh, maybe three seasons, but I got a good fucking three seasons out of that. That show fucking ruled, and that. Season one end, that is what kind of like catapulted UFC um, was like such a satisfying match. Like such a, like Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. Like those are two fucking names I remember. I'm not a UFC guy, but that was like, actually that like gave me the, uh, like there's the reason I like wrestling so much is because it gives me like a fuck yeah feeling. That gave me that fuck yeah feeling. Like I was, yeah, like I just can't get enough of it. Those guys fucking... Yeah, they would they put on a show. They it's did exactly still, what they had to do. It's still ranked as one of the best MMA fights of all time. Should be. Like it's so fucking good. So this is actually the transition is right on the button there. The it Ultimate was. Fighter debuts on Spike TV mm-hmm. following Monday Night Raw. So oh, WWE yeah. gave the rub to the UFC and then UFC became uh, I can't really say UFC became bigger than the WWE. But I'll say it became as big as the WWE. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about wrestling. Let me uh, let me hear your your history when you fell out of it because everyone falls out of it for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're, I feel like if you're over the age of twenty five, there's some sort of spot in your life where you didn't watch it. Either it could be before you were five or ten, or it's yeah. like me. I watched it, but there was so much trauma going on in my family life oh, that yeah. WrestleMania eighteen until WrestleMania 20 
is just if I go back and watch stuff, I'll remember I watched it, but then I don't remember if I watched it after it happened. But mm-hmm. everything in my life being so hectic between the summer of oh two to oh four that like that I can honestly see a spot in my mind where my repressed memories are. And it is oh, those two years. So uh, yeah. let me hear yours and then we'll go into, because uh, you said you can't wait to get back in the ring again. And you didn't just mean ring announcing. Just a little teaser no. for the end of this conversation. Uh, where You Hell mentioned yeah. superstars. I Take me as far back. Give me your age. Give me, like, you don't have to say, like, the first thing you saw, because you might not remember. But, like, how you described your grandparents' basement, like, the 70s vibe. Like, explain to me, like, how you're watching and then, like, if you're, like, having a wrestling buddy or a figure. So, yeah, actually, I have two brothers. So we uh, have... Are you the youngest? Have... No, I'm the oldest. Oh. But it's funny. I'm the only one without kids. Like, I'm the one that got stuck in Arrested Development where, like, I'm perpetually, like, 19. I but, didn't uh... if you were the youngest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But I don't know. I'm kind of... Uh, happy to have that moniker because people generally think I'm younger than I am. And I think I'm a little bit like I can pass for younger, but, uh, but aside from that, um, the first, like it's hazy. Like the first thing I think I remember, which isn't because I think it came after, um, is Papa Shango and ultimate warriors like Mm -hmm. thing. Um, were you into that or did it fuck you up as a kid? Scared me a little bit, but was into it. Like, wanted to be scared by it. If you like know horror I mean. movies. Yeah, well, actually, the first movie for that, for me, was uh, Terminator 2. Because I was I was a huge... Uh, sorry, I just got to get my charger. I was no a way. huge, um, like, I don't know, pansy kid. Like, not pansy, but I didn't like being scared of scary stuff. You're like, a little my favorite, My favorite movie is Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters isn't, like, it has, like, a scary part. So, like, you know, I'm not too, like... Uh, and it's a comedy. Uh, it, well, yeah, and you got Bill Murray there. Like, come on. So, uh, yeah, oh, God, sorry about this. No worries. But um, so that's the first thing I'd like to say I remember. But I'm sure that was after uh, the whole Macho Man Ric Flair WrestleMania 8 Miss Elizabeth craziness, um, which is probably, like, the oldest thing I remember. Um, and that whole run-up, actually, even before that, Ric Flair's unveiling in the WWF. I didn't know who he was. I was like an eight or nine year old kid. Um, it was uh, the, uh, he came in with the WCW title uh, or the NWA title at the time. I don't know, the big gold belt or the, not that the 10, what is it? Fuck, what are they 10 pounds play? of gold. 10 pounds of gold. No, but that was the NWA it, one. It was the big gold belt though. It was, the yeah, it was the big gold belt. But anyways, he's walking out with that. At first they didn't blur it. After a few weeks they blurred it, but stories say that it wasn't even that belt anymore because he'd sent it back but that whole time i didn't know who rick flair was but i was just sucked right in like i loved it i loved macho man like obviously he doesn't so that whole run-up with the doctored photos with miss elizabeth um right up to (laughs) wrestlemania 8 was so good um but that was wrestlemania 8 like on the schoolyard, we'd be talking about WrestleMania six and like all the Hogan stuff. I just don't remember watching it that time Mm. when I was watching Hogan wasn't a main part of the show. I loved Hogan. I didn't care that I wasn't seeing him and where I am at superstars right now is a week before WrestleMania nine, everything that Hogan does and will do because actually WrestleMania nine is my favorite WrestleMania, even though it's also one of the worst WrestleManias. Um, Hulk Hogan's such a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> he's the worst. Like, 
they're they're doing cutting promos about because Bruce Brutus Beefcake fucked his face up in a parasailing accident. Yeah. So they, they Hogan in the in the promos is saying we've been running over Brutus's face with a howitzer tank all day. We shot him in the face, or uh, we shot him in the face with a fucking missile. Like all this stuff to say how strong his face is. Well, why the fuck are you running your friend over just to test how strong his face is now? Hey, and hey, 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 we are dudes. If someone yeah. says that they can handle like. It's fucking Mr. Deeds. I have a fucking <laughs> a frostbite on my foot. Stab it. And the butler yeah. stabs it. And then he freaks <laughs> out and he thinks he hurt his friend. Like, yeah. you're going, Hogan's a dick? That's just dudes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, but, but I do agree with that statement. So I did write down, Hogan is the worst. He is the fucking worst. Because then he shows up for his tag team co-made event. Poor Bret Hart, by the way. Shows up with his... Uh, fucking black eye does this little fucking pose when he steals the fucking title from brad hart basically like oh my god i watched that live in that particular uh grandma's basement uh grandparents basement uh, because they had a sweet satellite dish and uh i remember as a kid being turned off by that because i love brad hart and like what the fuck just happened like he wasn't supposed to be in this main event and he's walking out the title and being a real dick about it like fuck hogan (laughs) but NWO Hogan's one of my favorite wrestlers, so. Uh, I will say this for a second, because uh, I I have three names in my head for you at C4 Wrestling dot 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 uh, right now, and I don't want to mispronounce your name. Send me a DM. I have openings for an Instagram Live in a couple weeks. I would love to interview you on it. It is the photographer from C4, and I just want to have, like, a different perspective and talk to him especially about the ottawa quebec wrestling scene so please private message me and say you're interested so that i can message you back because i have to go in the notes in my phone to find what the available dates are but it is in i believe jason i fucking knew it but i was gonna say james because gimpy's <laughs> name is jason and i didn't want to fuck it up thank you so much jason see that's how like empathetic and like sensitive to other people i am but jason send me a dm i'll tell you what the available dates are because i would love to fucking chat with you uh but going back to wrestlemania 8 and now wrestlemania 9 and hogan stealing bret hart's title yeah man like i was just i i still loved it uh watched king of the ring um razor ramon was my favorite he's the fucking man um but actually and, and aside with c4 coming up I actually lived in Ottawa for five years. Ooh. I would have been, I think it would, it would have been either the year before I left, they started or maybe they started after I left. But anyways, we'll get to that being the fucking time I wasn't watching any wrestling. So I probably wouldn't have gone anyway and missed uh, C4 wrestling. Yeah. Fucking rules. So shout out C4 wrestling. I've never been to a show. If I ever make it back to Ottawa, I would love to go to a show. I think that, C4 wrestling, a lot of people, are missing that energy. Like even like people started, uh, James Weber started going up there. Bobby P went up there with James. Mm-hmm. Like it's what I love about C4 is it's the quality of Toronto and like Southern Ontario GTA wrestling, mm-hmm. but it's so it's four hours away that it doesn't have the bullshit of GTA wrestling. And it is also, <laughs> independent wrestling in the regard of when i wrestle the main event for the underground show it's a tournament a tag team tournament so there's already like six or seven matches happening for that and then there's a couple more i think there's two pre-show matches and literally i'm sitting in the ring 
It's past midnight. I'm just staying in the corner waiting for uh, Kevin Blackwood. He's making his entrance, and it's a four-way. And I'm literally just sitting in the corner, and I'm looking around. I got the wolf mask on, and I start doing the math in my head of like, I I went to work at 1 a.m. this morning. Uh, I've been <laughs> awake since 11:30 p.m. It's 12 a.m. now, so I've been awake for over 24 hours. I think I'm kind of hungry because the show it wasn't running long. I just didn't eat, and I'm just like, huh? Like if I die in the ring during this match, <laughs> that could be kind of cool. And then I'm like. Why am I thinking this? Okay, let's wrestle. <laughs> yeah, my head's gone there into similar places before. You'd have fucking, you'd have gone out with such a bang. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, I, I enjoyed that match so much and enjoy C4 and the people. Even like Mark has done so much good during the pandemic of the stuff, the messages he spread and such like that. But uh, awesome. going, uh, fast forwarding for uh, your fandom of Razor Ramon going, so if you were a Razor guy, were you ever a WCW guy? Yeah. When, as soon as Scott Hall showed up on Nitro, I was then a WCW guy. Scott Hall, uh, Razor, was my fucking guy. He showed up as Razor. I'm watching like six things right now that are all right at that event and just brings me back. Like I'm watching Monday Night Wars on the network again. I'm watching all those documentaries they're putting out. So like, fuck, man, like. I'm in that zone right now. And yeah, I remember where I was in my buddy John Booth's fucking living room on a Saturday afternoon. Cause that's when they played like the WCW replay. Um, when we were just flipping through and we happened to flip through when Scott Hall was in the crowd and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Cause at that age, I didn't even know he was leaving WWE. So like, Oh man, it blew me the fuck away. Like in the, I was yeah hooked from then. And actually my favorite, I listen to so many wrestling podcasts, like probably too many, like an obsessive amount. Um, my favorite guy to listen to, and th- this will like some people will be like, "Oh fuck this guy," Eric Bischoff. Oh, I, fucking... I love Eric Bischoff's podcast. Oh, he's the best, and I even liked him back then when he was doing all that underhanded shit because it was different. And he's exactly right. I wanted to see what they were going to do next. Like that was, I mean, it phased out. Like it petered out once. Uh, once the NWO had like I don't know, like Virgil and like oh god, Buff Bagwell and. It was, oh, fuck, man. It just, it became tiring. But me and my buddy Adam, we'd still go to the bowling alley to watch the pay-per-views. And I vividly remember we were waiting for Vince to show up at that one where uh, Bischoff had challenged him. Like, we knew he wasn't going to, but they they always say it on the shows too. But what if? (laughs) I think that, so Bobby B put over the fact of 83 weeks of the show. And I also have to put over, we were talking about Mark. Uh, Bobby also said Mark comped him and James, uh, tickets because they travel from the gta fucking solid they're sick. sick mark is like the example of if you say all promoters are scum it's a slap in the face of all the promoters that work hard it's when you tell your whole roster in a pre-show meeting you guys don't cut promos there are guys like me that do cut promos you can't just generalize everyone because everyone isn't everyone and you're disrespecting the people that do work hard uh but bringing up uh, 83 weeks, because Bobby even said 83 weeks is a shit. I think people assume they don't like Eric Bischoff because he's never been a babyface character. Eric oh. Bischoff is Eric Bischoff. And that's oh. the thing. It's like every villain has justified. And on his podcast, he is very open about... <laughs> it's Bruce Prichard will be, oh, I don't remember that. Uh-huh. Or like, there's the times where people don't want to say... Like Arn Anderson, when he was talking about more of the past decade of wrestling... 
clearly not the biggest fan and it was just a paycheck to him. But oh. Eric Bischoff will be like, wait, so what did they say I did? No, fuck Dave Meltzer. Well, actually, it's okay. Well, maybe I did do that. Well, yeah. It was a different time. <laughs> like, he is, as yeah. Bobby said, he's a straight shooter. And like, yeah. it's the business side of wrestling that no one really talks about because in, in a sport entertainment where people like to use the word business, they do not know how to make money or how to run a business ethically. So it's like, ah, please use the word industry. But uh, so, so when WCW dies, then are you during the Monday Night Wars? Are you watching yeah. both or specifically WCW? So I've got some family in the U.S. Uh, my cousins, my aunt and uncle lived right across the border. So I grew up in Sarnia, right across the border is Port Huron. They lived in Port Huron. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times in the summer, um, I'd go over. My, my cousin Josh is like two years younger than I am. And uh, so I'd go over there and hang out with, with Josh and I would like hang out. They had like a big fucking sweet uh, um, area like around their house. So like they got like a sweet swimming hole in the back, like stuff like that. A swimming um, hole. And, That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so American, right? Um, but uh, they, um, I would, if it, I would try to make it so I'd be there for a Monday night. I usually go for a few days. <laughs> and like, I'd be like, sorry, Josh, or not sorry, Josh. He wasn't into wrestling at all. So kind of sorry, Josh, from uh, what was it, eight till 10, because it was two hours time. Uh, from eight to 10, I got to watch wrestling. And yeah, I'd be flipping back and forth. But I liked to be a part of it because it was all happening live, but we yeah. had it better in Canada because Nitro came on Tuesday so we yeah. could watch both shows. So um, back to your actual question, when WCW dies, my wrestling fandom died completely. Okay. I wasn't interested anymore. I remember the last episode, like with the Nitro and uh, uh, where yeah. it was the simulcast. So into it. It was so awesome. Shane comes out. He's like, I own WCW now. Sweet. I don't remember watching it again for fucking a very long time. Actually, I don't think I ever watched Raw again regularly, ever. Because, um, A, I fell out a little bit there. And just, I would always be reading online. I've always loved to know what's going on. Yeah. And I would watch um, pay-per-views at, like, the local restaurant still um, until they stopped doing that. And then I started downloading them sometimes if I was really interested. Um, but... I would only watch Raw if I knew something big was going to happen, but like a classic Raw wouldn't do it for me. Like if they, yeah. they were rolling out some legends. Um, Dude, but I what was you still... brought up though, I yeah. what I love about wrestling is the fact that wrestling fans, it's not like Married with Children or Spike TV where there's an ending. Mm -hmm. You fall out of love with it. You just don't like it as much and you either feel like you're being disrespected by the product uh, mm -hmm. Have a good night, Jason. Talk to you very soon. And it, it actually talk to you very soon. Uh, but people fall out of love with wrestling. Like, it is one of those things. Like, at least if you like baseball or football or, like, a real sport, you can change teams. But, like, yep. every year you just know it's all about work ethic and talent. Whereas yep. with wrestling, oh, I'm not interested in these storylines. Or they are appealing to the age group I'm not in, either higher than me or lower than me that people fall out of love, but they never stop following it. They no. will, they will share can't. a fucking gif of Orange Cassidy. They will share something. They will share a classic Stone Cold thing. They'll do an Instagram reel of them doing the Stone Cold beer bash. Like, mm -hmm. no one who likes wrestling ever leaves. I guess it's kind of like the mafia of, like, once you're in, you're in, of, like, you said the perfect example. Downloading it here and there, keeping up to date, 
now it's super easy with Twitter and Facebook and shit. And like, it amazes me how many people are like closeted wrestling fans because you hear it in conversation of if you mention him being involved in wrestling or watching something, and they'll be like, oh, I remember when it was good and they can mention Hogan or they can mention Rock Austin or they can mention John Cena, Randy Orton 10 years ago. But then they're going to slip up and they're going to be like, so like, what are they doing with like Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre? And you're like, used to watch wrestling? Mm -hmm. And uh, I re remember SummerSlam in Toronto a couple of years ago and they were running the storyline of like, I... Roman Reigns, I think, was assaulted or Daniel Bryan was assaulted. There was a weird mystery going on and, like, Eric Rowan somehow got involved with it. And, like, okay. what, what's funny is I'm listening, like, post-wrestling and they're shitting on the angle. They're like, no one gives a fuck about this. And then I went into work on, like, the Monday after SummerSlam. And what's so funny about Toronto and Ontario being a wrestling territory is okay. the fact that when there's a WWE show, People are starting to talk about wrestling more. It's on their mind because it's so close. And this dude brings up, what's going on with Roman Reigns? Like, he got assaulted. And, like, he, he asked me like it was legit. And then yeah. I realized, I'm like, when you're so far in the bubble, you forget what you don't like doesn't mean there isn't an audience for it. And yeah. my buddy at work, Silas, he was the audience for it. And, like, seeing his excitement level... That's what, like, even in the Patreon group chat, which you're in the group chat, we oh. get an inside look now of, like, little surveys because I would basically have this conversation at the merch table of what was your favorite match on the show? Who's your favorite wrestler, either, like, locally or WWE? And, like, having those conversations where now in the Patreon group chat, little people are very honest about some people and they just like, <laughs> I was a dick to me or that was a douchebag. I'm like, Oh, I thought he was only a dick to wrestlers. Oh, he's actually a dick. <laughs> but, uh, so mentioning when you fell out of wrestling, uh, where in there, though, because before we get involved of you coming back to wrestling and then getting involved mm -hmm. in wrestling, because it's going to be a little more somber or serious, uh, I want to talk about more of the personal life of Jamie. What's happening between 2002 and, like, 2015? Oh, I'm just just being a fuck about like you know going a out drinking with my friends yeah <laughs> going out drinking with my friends uh listening to music going to shows uh like music shows um yeah just like because that's the thing i have a lot of the same friends i had when i was a kid um and they're all super fucking supportive of what i'm doing now um but they don't continue to watch the product. We can talk about what we used to watch when we were younger and like get right into it and love it. We all have very good memories. So like they're right, right there with the old stuff, but just nobody's into the new stuff. And when I say the new stuff, I mean things past 1999, like, and, and that's also fine. Um, we can still enjoy it, but, uh, but so, uh, so yeah, that's just, um, see, I, I can't hate that fandom because, uh, these motherfuckers, and I say it in the best way possible, uh -huh. uh, these motherfuckers are still the people that if there's a costume party or it's Halloween, they're dressing up as Hogan and Piper yeah. and starting oh, yeah. slaughter. Even if you didn't watch wrestling past 99, you still love wrestling enough that if someone's like, oh, hey, yeah. make a costume, and you're like, what if I just wore underwear there? Okay, I'm going to get knee pads. I'm going to say I'm Jimmy Snuka or some shit. I'm like, these guys are the best for them still. And by the way, hello, Ryan Kovarik in the chat. I definitely need to have him on a future Kobe. I 
actually, I was chatting with him today because he was one of the, I almost said victims of my appreciation today, but sure, there was a lot of victims of my appreciation today. And uh, nice. he was one of them. And we brought up how like we didn't need to see each other in person. Uh, oh, I fuck, and here's Andrea, his significant other that like, I fucking, uh, I, I feel like I should Beetlejuice that of like, <laughs> he's a tremendous person. He's one of the best people I know. I uh, fun yeah, fact. Rules. Fun fact about uh, indie wrestling. Uh, me and Ryan didn't discuss uh, like how much he was gonna get paid for the uh, the holiday special, and especially he was gonna film when Go Hard Pro was gonna be a real show in November, okay. and uh, he was surprised because he took care of his film crew. It's him and two dudes, and I told him, oh yeah, I'm gonna pay you this much. And he was literally just like shocked by the fact that like, I was like, yeah, I penciled it into the budget. I know I'm a wrestling promoter, but I planned this. Uh, <laughs> and literally the breakdown of it made total sense to him of like the videographers and then whoever edits it, which is why, cause Dance Canada, little plug for uh, Ryan right now, Dance oh, Canada's yeah. coming back. He helps handle the production of that which means, and he's behind the scenes of the quality of crossbody. That's why I yeah. chose him and drafted him to go hard to pro. And he wouldn't have the schedule that maybe me or you have of the availability. And, but he has the talent and the crew. And I love the fact that, not that I'm nice enough to many people, the fact that I have so many talented people that I can oh. have a pool. And the number one reason that every go hard pro show will not have all the same people is because I like and I have so many good friends that are good wrestlers that, yeah, there's going to be regulars on it. Also, like, I might not wrestle on every show because I learned on the first show, you don't have to wrestle on the show and run it. And not you don't have to. It's hard as fuck to do. So yeah, I, I, I believe that. I'll be there. I'll be running shit. I'll do the after party. We'll have a little family feud with the fans at after party events, little shit like that. But uh, we also have a talented crew of fucking, uh, well, a ring announcer, that's you. But like yeah. of videographers and security and all this backstage stuff that like, I can't wait. I, I feel like it's weird. I never thought about it until right this second, but I'm running a promotion and I already knew I wanted to do, do more of what's right and do less of what's wrong. Not complain, oh. I'm gonna set an example. But also I just realized my goal with Go Hard Pro isn't fucking, to be a top Indian Ontario or top Indian Canada. It's the fact that like, I get to provide an opportunity for people to either kill it or gain experience and learn. And that's oh, my yeah. way of saying shitting the bed. Uh, <laughs> but like there's, there's plans that there's so much that in five years, I might not be wrestling full time. I might be doing hosting or whatever the fuck I'm doing but I'm gonna be involved with running a wrestling promotion. And that's fucking dope. Uh, but sorry, I go into your dark ages of wrestling and where your life is. Cause I know that uh, there's, there's a big event that's still a little recent that I'd like you to not dwell too deep, whatever you feel comfortable about talking about. But uh, I know at least one struggle that you had relatively recent uh, that I'd like you to go into. Okay, yeah, cool. So. Before we get to that, basically, what got me out of not watching wrestling, like I said, I moved to Ottawa, I went to school there, um, I started working, I moved back to Waterloo area, Kitchener, um, 
And then they announced the WWE Network. And I wanted to watch. Basically, I want to watch Superstars, which yep. wasn't on there right away. But uh, the day it came out, I was working in Sterling Heights, Michigan, because um, my job used to take me places. And I used the address of the hotel that I was staying at to sign up uh, through like a PayPal account to do it yeah. like the American way. And uh, first thing I watched was WrestleMania 9 and saw that Monday Night Wars was coming on. I was like, holy fuck, this is going to... It's going to hit all, push all my buttons. This is exactly yeah. what I want. Watched Monday Night Wars. Fucking loved it. I know that history is written by the winner. And since I've been Wait, listening to so many podcasts. You don't need to justify it. I'm you actually watching it at, at right now with, with uh, my girlfriend. We're Aww. watching, we're going through the whole thing. Um, Cause she is enjoying me being passionate about wrestling. So um, we're, we're watching that and like rewatching it. I fucking love it. Yeah. It's a lot of it. Some of it is bullshit. And when it is bullshit, I'll turn to her and be like, this is fucking bullshit. And here's why <laughs> But it's still great. And um, the, um, uh, it, it, it basically we all know where it goes. Um, so basically WWE network brought me back in. We got the free pay-per-views. The first couple pay-per-views I didn't watch because I didn't really know the ro roster, yeah. but WrestleMania 30 was coming up. The day of WrestleMania 30, I didn't even know if I was going to watch it. One of my oldest friends, Drew, who is like, he's my wrestling guy. He's the guy that started coming to any shows with me. Um, he's still, actually, when I say all my friends, no, Drew still watches the product. Um, he... But we restarted at the same time. Uh, I was, he was like, what are you up to today? I'm like, I don't know. I'm probably going to watch WrestleMania 30. He lives in Mississauga, so we weren't hanging out. But he watched it. I watched it. We texted the whole time. Uh -huh. Daniel Bryan at the end. I didn't really know who many people were. I knew from, like, watching, but I'd never, like, or following, but I'd never seen anybody's, yeah. like, wrestling. Um, Bray Wyatt was a huge standout. Um, How did you guys feel about the streak? Because that's the uh, one that the streak got broken. Oh, we were fucking floored because we never expected the first event that we watched, The Undertaker, to fucking lose. But we were texting each other like, Undertaker looks bad. Like, him just coming out, he was beat red. He looked fucking bad. And I don't mean his work was bad. I mean, dude didn't look – he looked sick. And yeah. we were both worried about him. Um, and then when he lost, we were very worried about him. Like, I don't Probably know. He had like, a concussion also, like, real early in that. Right match. away. But and that's the thing. He did. Uh, sorry, uh, Andrea in the chat did say Ryan can relate to uh, having a partner watching someone be passionate. And, like that's what I love. It's like mm -hmm. I love hearing people talk about what they're passionate about. And talking to Sarah a couple weeks ago, I realized because every now and then it's the self doubt of, am I a piece of shit? And it's just oh. like, oh my god, this 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 and whatever. And then I realize I have some of the traits of abusers or cult leaders or whatever. But the thing is. It's not the toxic element of it. When you tell me you like something, even if I don't know it, I say, explain to me your Lego setup. Explain to me, because I, I talked about, bro, it goes to the collections of, yeah. I get off on people being excited and talking about what they love and what they're passionate about. Their voice gets higher, they start talking real fast. So uh, that is one of the things that like I've noticed I like seeing talked about more. But uh, yeah, WrestleMania 30. <laughs> So yeah, WrestleMania 30. And to back to that, you say uh, like a cult leader or whatever. No, those are also the traits of like a CEO or like a fucking team manager or something like that. It can I be spun. I don't have business books here. It can no be knows. spun positively. But anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> so yeah, basically WrestleMania 30 ends. Me and Drew are like wrestling rules. Um, yes. Then we, uh, I watched 
<laughs> I've watched fucking Raw for the first oh, time no. in years uh, where Warrior, like, me and Drew were texting again. We're like, is he going to fucking die? And the next day he fucking dies. Like, that's too much. Only like, that's Only fucking wrestling. crazy. That dude dies the next day. So, anyways, I... To be perfectly honest, never really liked him. All the stories I hear about him, I'm not a big fan. Don't think the Warrior Foundation should be named after him, but that's just me. Whatever. Um, that was still fucking crazy and huge. Um, and then uh, we were watching, and then we started going to WWE live events. Actually, Drew's birthday was uh, it's December 30th, and we were hanging. We went to uh, Niagara okay. Falls Casino. Okay. Uh, well, we went to Niagara Falls Casino. We each lost 400 bucks playing craps, and uh, we were driving back. He was just on his phone, and he's like, holy shit, there's wrestling tonight at Rico. I was like, let's just fucking go. So we went. I'd never been to Rico before. We got a scalper. We probably could have bought it at the booth. Yeah. We got a scalper, and we said, we want fucking lower bowl. Don't give us any upper bowl shit. He's like, yeah, no problem. So he gave us a lower bowl seat because there's no fucking upper bowl there. We're morons. Uh, <laughs> we're like, <laughs> I think we paid like uh, 60 bucks for the pair, so 30 bucks each. So I think we got a little fleeced, but whatever. We loved it. And that was when we started going to live events again. So every time it came to Toronto, we would go and we'd bring some more friends. We'd bring my ex, uh, ex came, uh, my buddy Zach, who was one of my old friends, who wasn't really into wrestling anymore, came and had a great fucking time. Um, it was right when AJ Styles started with the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, maybe not. Either way, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were on it in a four-way. I think Cesaro was also in the match. Anyways, it started with a Haluva kick that was fucking crazy to Owens. Those two tore it down. Zach was like, holy shit, I didn't know this was this fucking good, Um, which unfortunately it didn't sustain. Like, yes, that was good. We went to another one, and then we didn't go to any more. But that bridged. I was falling out of love again with wrestling. And I was like, this can't happen because I fucking love wrestling. Um, Drew and I went to super kicked and fucking love beyond anything for wrestling was like, this is the greatest fucking thing we've ever been to. Um, We are never missing a fucking event. And then for three years, Drew and I made 75% of the super kick shows. Um, And then from that, they were like, hey, uh, you want to join a school? Uh, join Superkick. And, like, I don't live in Toronto. I just – and they're saying that for three years I'm going there. I'm not in any shape to be doing anything. Um, but um, – and I'll bridge to what we were talking about. Um, just before I started with um, Crossbody, I got married in Vegas. And uh, unfortunately, that is, well, fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately for the both of us, but um, that is no longer a thing, which is so okay. When did you get married? 2018. Okay, so it was real short. Yeah, but we were together for 12 years. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so the, the marriage itself was short. But at the um, wedding, uh, or at our, we got married in Vegas and like 50 people came because yeah, she's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. We're not together anymore, but she's a fucking great person. And we have a lot of friends. So her friends and my friends who kind of were our friends and are our friends, um, all came. And, uh, my friend Natty had started dating this dude, Stacy. And you know, Stacy's the Hawkeye Stacy. So that was the funny story about them though. So I thought Natty was Stacy because I heard the name and like, I got confused by like the Facebook profile now, but like Stacy is super dope. Like he is 
what I try to be. I'm just yeah. naturally happy and excited and like mm-hmm. a full grown adult with a child like yeah. wonderment. And like, I, I've never seen that motherfucker without just a smile on nope. his face. Like I'm, yeah, you are right to look to him like that. Cause I do too. Cause he's just, he's, he's genuinely cool, but it's because he's positive and happy and pretty, pretty cool. Like he's, and he plays in a fucking band. People don't know. Yeah, uh, Hawkeyes but, check him out. Very good band. Their their uh, latest album, which is like a little over a year or maybe two years old now, um, "Last Light of Future Failure," is a. They don't have a vocalist, so it's just uh, like kind of like metal, and uh, I wouldn't just say it's metal. Like it's pretty diverse, but it's really fucking good. Um, give it a listen. They're on Spotify. They're on everything. Buy something they're, off Bandcamp. They're going to be making my music soon. Sick. Fucking sick. That because uh, yeah, they're Stacy's a fan. So that's at our wedding party. We uh, we rented out the Eiffel Tower restaurant, which okay. was pretty fucking posh. Like really fucking posh. Uh, Uncle Bobby B, similar to Pelican, maybe not as um, Pelican fits in a like between two walls. I would say, and I'm not saying they're narrow, but uh, Hawkeyes is is wide for for what they are especially that album uh last light of future failure it covers a lot um so yeah check it out um fucking rules uh not as post metally yeah maybe i don't know because i'm really bad at describing music too because i hang out with a lot of musicians and i don't know shit about music i can <laughs> sing i love to do karaoke but like i don't no genres and stuff. I, I kind of know what I like and that's, I can explain it a little bit, but yeah, uncle Bobby and everybody else watching, check it, check them out there. You'd like them. They're, they're awesome. Uh, I don't know. Anybody doesn't like them. So for our favor, Bobby B next week on the open lines episode, please uh, tell us what genre you would put them under so that mm. we, as the musically uh, e- illiterate, illiterate. Yeah. Of uh, the musically ignorant of yeah, what, there you go. What would we? Because we're not reading music. We're also like musically illiterate. Like I remember, like yeah. every good boy deserves fudge. I think that was it. E G D F. You lost me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I do like it's. Uh, keep talking about the marriage because uh, Shane Saber. I recorded the podcast a while ago. It's available as a raw format on Patreon now, but it'll be released in the next couple of weeks on Saturday or Tuesday. Uh, he talked about being the child of a divorce and uh, how it gets better. And I'd like you to give advice to the fact that you still, you still say your ex is awesome. You share friends. How, what advice and also like struggles did you have coming out of that divorce? Especially the fact of it being shorter, but a 12 year relationship, it doesn't matter how long the certificate said that's a 12 year fucking relationship. So like we own a house, like as comfortable as you can be of just, where you were yeah no it's like it's it's devastating but it was like the warning signs were there um it just it sucks you kind of people grow apart and at the time and and pretty much anybody who goes through this i'm sure will probably feel the same way also i did go i have a therapist and that very important um i still have him only to just i don't really need him but i like having him he's a good guy to talk to um but at the time, I fucking needed it. I wasn't going to hurt myself or anybody else. But it's really dark, and it, your brains get really scrambled up. Like, it sucks. Um, she initiated it, but it was time. And I said to her afterwards, too, like, mm, that was pretty strong of you, and thanks for doing that. Because we, there was no, like, 
cheating or any any yeah. shit like that. We just it just wasn't great anymore. And we probably you know we could have got through it, but it would have been a, a cycle through the years. Yeah. Um, we both it was time. So well, um, going back to married with children, the stereotype used to be you get married and you're miserable. Like mm-hmm. that is no one's happy. Every comedian in the 60s to now even of, oh man, my partner, oh, my wife is nagging me. It's like, <laughs> this is supposed to be your best, like, yeah. So this, this is weird. Uh, I'm in my first relationship right now because I was just, cool. I went from no self-confidence to no mm-hmm. time. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, you did. I realized this this week and I think that's why I'm happy. Like, I've told my girlfriend I love her. I and I do. We, we've done things. I'm very excited. I enjoy this person. And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until the other day at work, like, I was just thinking about her a lot. And then okay. I'm just like, I know I said I love her, but like, fuck, I'm in love with her. Like, it's, it's this feeling I've never had before, which I think, mm-hmm. like, that's why I'm happy this week of like, I that's realized, holy right. shit, I'm in love with this girl. Like, she made a joke about she put lipstick on her top lip and just made a joke about uh, uh, beating up Kim Possible and stole that bitch's <laughs> lip and like the Instagram post is like from January or December and I even like joked it I jokingly put up like a tweet about it of like my girlfriend made a Kim Possible reference joke and I'm still laughing about it and I went back and I looked for it and I just I found the photo and I sent it to her and I just went this is still so fucking funny. And like, even it is weird. Like I'm talking slower while I'm talking about it. Like I, I hear it's the opposite of being passionate about a hobby. It's Mm -hmm. the appreciation for this human. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fucking. And I think that's why I'm able to stand up to pieces of shit in wrestling because Mm -hmm. I know I have friends and I have significant others that care enough about me that I don't need this veteran to talk down to me. I don't need Mm. people to say, well, that's the way it is because Mm. that's not the way it is. And I'll fucking prove it to you. And that's not the way, but, uh, sorry, go back. Uh, I, I, fuck, that was, that was weird. That was straight. Just Brendan Caulfield, uh, growing apart. And even Justin Zane said in the chat of, thanks for sharing the experience. And it's good to hear the learning and positivity still towards her because you are, that one out of 10, everyone else rather be bitter, especially it's hard for her to initiate it, that it'd be easy to paint her as a bad guy, but you realize both of you weren't right for each other and it's better to separate and still like each other than be together and hate each other, cheat on each other, shit like that. Uh, How long long do you think it took? Because you mentioned owning a house that there's like paperwork that's involved minus, oh, we just don't hang out anymore. Well, no, it sucked. Like, uh, yeah, and it, it took a while to like get cool about it. Like, but also, it's like I don't know stuff like that. You can you can go down two paths. You can either you know be the bitter person and like the woe is me person, or like I don't know, look inward and just see. Like, yeah, I wasn't great, and uh, and it, it goes both ways. I'm not, but I'm not also not going to fucking bash her. Um, but like, it's just yeah, it takes two to tango and. There was uh, kind of a growing apart. And then, like, the break where it's, like, everything sucks. I was in bed for the month of December. Um, and then um, I spent I spent time with my friends. Uh, 
my buddy Zach, who I've mentioned a couple times, he lives in Chatham now uh, with his girlfriend Jamie, and they've been together for years, and they're both very good friends. For New Year's, like those fucking two, just the fucking best, uh, were like, hey, what are you doing for New Year's? I was like, I don't know, staying home. They're like, come on over. And Zach and Jamie, they are not late night people at all. Uh, Zach never has been. Um, yeah, but the two of them fucking stuck it out. Zach was up to like 3 a.m., which was unheard of. Jamie made it to midnight. Zach made it to uh, 3 a.m. But the next day, I uh, was like, you know what? Fuck, I'm going on vacation. And this is January 2020. So, like, COVID's already in the news. And we were actually talking about it that, like, around that time, me and Zach yeah. and Jamie. And I was like, it's probably going to suck. Like, we're probably, like, we don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to suck. I'm booking a fucking vacation. And I uh, I went on a cruise, like, three weeks later. And uh, it was my, my eat, pray, love fucking uh, corporate-ass cruise. Um, but it was great because uh, I met some, uh, I hoped to meet, fucking chicks because of course that's what everybody yeah. would hope for or yeah. you know whatever you're into motivation but, uh, motivation and and did but like just friends i made i made a lot of like like vacation friends that were also there uh, on their own and uh, it was like coming out of that i was like yep i'm fine i'm going to be fine and then there was some court like not court but we each needed a lawyer and we needed to sell the house um and uh, and then yeah eventually um by june it was just it was uh, like we aren't divorced but we're separated which i don't know that's a lot to be i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about this but i don't know why i wouldn't be but um yeah no so yeah we're we're, we're separated um like i said I've, I've got a great girlfriend i have we started dating last summer in the uh the um uh, you know, when we could, when we, but the pandemic, but when we were allowed to open up again, yeah. um, I hopped onto Tinder and had a couple bad dates, thankfully, because I don't know, I've never had, I've always had good luck with dates. So mm -hmm. like I needed to have bad dates just so I know I wasn't jumping into some, well, I like her, but yeah, no, the person I'm with right you now said, is awesome. You said you've been bad at dating, but you were with a girl for 12 years. Like, I mean, I'm bad at dating in so that. I, I glom on and I just, I really, I, there's, I find a lot that I like in people and then, but that that's the thing. I've just been really lucky with who I've yeah. met because who I spent 12 years with is a wonderful person. And we had early on, uh, the, the way I can put it best is for the first like three quarters of it, we brought out the best in each other. And at the end of it, we brought out the worst in each other. Mm. So, um, but Would I just, you give advice to anyone besides like, because you going on that vacation right before the pandemic, at least like, you didn't book it for April. You did oh, it in fuck. January. So uh, I don't know. My life might have turned out much differently. Because, like, I went at the end of January, and there was already talk of, like, yeah. you know, closing things down. Or, or at least stopping the cruise cruises from happening. Um, I would have probably fucking not done well if I missed yeah. that vacation. So thank goodness for that <laughs> so, so what's some advice that you would give for someone that is either going through a divorce or a separation and it could be like a long time uh significant other of like uh because i did write down and this could be like the advice of just like i'm fine i'm going to be fine of like mm -hmm. is that just the thing of like focusing because mm -hmm. literally last week i was gonna post it might have even been monday i think monday i was just meh and Tuesday, I realized I'm in love with my girlfriend. Uh, mm -hmm. That I was going to post, I'm not happy, but I'm working towards it. Like, is that mm -hmm. kind of like the just, it's not right now, but I'm going to be fine. Would that be well, like your number one advice? I jumped over a lot. 
at our wedding, I met Stacy. Stacy and I talked wrestling. I said, you know what? I've been saying this for years. I'm joining a fucking wrestling school. Mm-hmm. I joined Crossbody Pro Wrestling. I fucking... To be a wrestler. To be a fucking wrestler. Well, to be a wrestler, but also like just to be... I love wrestling. I want to learn the industry. And I just want to see where it goes. Because I, I joined at 255. Mm-hmm. Today, I weighed myself on 206. That's... Yeah, that's a fucking lot, man. So that's... That I brought that positivity in my life. Crossbody pro wrestling is super positive. And you were saying earlier when uh, C4 Jason was on, Jason. Um, he uh, you were saying um, about good promoters. Um, I've you know when I say worked for, I mean I'm a ring announcer. I'm not a wrestler, but I've worked for promotions as a ring announcer. I've been fortunate enough. I haven't worked for a bad promoter yet. Like Ben Ortman's Crossbody Pro Wrestling, also my coach. I don't know what I'd fucking do without him. So kind of coming around when I, um, when I, when I did get divorced, I or first separated or whatever. Um, I had that I had crossbody was still running and I had shows and uh, we had a big show, I think the weekend after it happened. So it kind of, we, we separated on like a Monday and on the Saturday we had a show and um fuck, what was it? Basically, Aiden Prince was in town hanging with Ben, and Ben was getting me out of the house, and Ben was like, come on, hang out at the gym. Come on, do this. Come on, do that. And uh, it was just really nice. Like, he was just... It's just that whole family environment. Like, Crossbody uh, and Ryan Koverick in the chat there, which I'll answer his question in a second because I do have an answer for that one. Mm. Um, maybe not my first match, but uh, a, a dream match that you and I, Holden, talked about a little bit. But... Um, but yeah, I, I was really lucky. So my suggestion, anybody that's going through that, three things. One, look inward. It takes two to tango. We need to find within ourselves what maybe we were projecting as, or, or basically, I don't want to say did we cause it, because I'm not saying I just, I flat out fucking caused it, but I was being difficult to be around and I was just mm-hmm. not being my best person I could have been. So look inward, learn from it, how not to do it again, um also learn to scrutinize and just be more be more open talk more um but also have something else have like i have crossbody pro wrestling or had before the pandemic still have it but have it virtually um but to have just another thing like don't put all your eggs in one basket and just having your significant other and it's it's hard to do i know for some people but that's it it just Focus on yourself and be honest with yourself. That's a long-winded answer. That probably wasn't. I, I think though, like the, even all of those advice, look inward, learn from it, have something else. That is everything in life. Of that, actually, I might start using that going forward because I just started telling people register your feelings. Mm-hmm. Of if, especially during the pandemic, I'll admit, like maybe it was around this time last year, like early summer of, I remember specifically, I got into like an argument or a disagreement with my family and I got in the car and I drove and it wasn't like driving away. I was driving back home. And then I've gone for so many just drives during the pandemic. But then I had this like shortness of breath and normally I don't cry. Like I do not cry. It wasn't until recently. I was like, wait wait as you get older. I'm, I'm already getting <laughs> to the older Yeah, part, I know. But, uh, like, I, I would have the shortness of breath, and, like, my eyes would, like, dry up, and I'm like, oh, this is where tears would come. 
And this day specifically, and there's been times during the pandemic that I felt that and I just had to tell myself, I'm like, what's going on? You're sad. Why? There's no reason. It's a pandemic. There's stress. Not having a reason for being sad is a reason. You're just sad. Yeah. But yeah. this time, Vanessa Carlton, Thousand Miles was playing. Oh, shit. And I cried. And not yeah. like tears and like sulking, but like enough of like there was like a steady little stream. And I'm just like, holy fuck, I'm human. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a good feeling to have. But like having that something else of, I especially see it, I call it normal people. But like me and you met through wrestling. We're not mm -hmm. normal, quote unquote. But yeah. uh, with my normal people I see at work, I, I notice like why society is the way it is based off of like just watching these people. And like, mm -hmm. they're not being patient. So they're fucking themselves over in the long run by trying to rush this now. And I'm looking at them like, if you just take time and have perspective. And then it's also, the societal norms is you work your job, you complain about your job. You go home and your escape is beer and whatever is on TV. You're not creating anything. You're not a part of anything. You're just consuming. And it's just this, what the fuck aspect of, you don't play soccer with your friends. You don't do this. You don't do that. We have the benefit of pro wrestling. It's entertainment and athletics. Like, especially yeah. with training, like, we're training to learn how to do it. We're training so there's a workout. But then there's also the creative fulfillment of putting a match together and such like that. Of that advice of look inward. Because it's not 100% it's not someone else's fault. Unless Never. they stabbed you and you were jumped. Yeah. Not yeah. your fault. Yeah, uh, but if you're also like flashing a bunch of jewelry in Brampton and you got jumped, a little bit your fault. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, sorry, go ahead. Hey, uh, watch this. Uh, I got something to show you. Okay, okay, Google, turn on the evening lights. Evening lights. Whoa! Uh, shit. No, that doesn't look good at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a magic trick that happened. Like uh, a rabbit appeared from someone else's hat. Yeah. Oh man, my lighting is shit. Do you want me to go somewhere better? No, no, no. You're good. This is also a podcast, so okay. Yeah, uh, I can true. still see you. Uh, but like, look inward, learn from it, and have something else. It's especially yeah. you didn't say have someone else. You said no. something. No, and that was like, man. So I, when I started dating my ex, um, there wasn't Tinder. There was probably like plenty of fish, but we didn't meet like that. Uh, we met just out at a bar, and not in a skeezy way either. Um, but um, the uh basically nowadays especially pandemic it's it's fucking tender like it's um it's tomer's giving me shit in the chat don't when i was <laughs> the audio quality was so bad so tomer. tomer's the best um but uh but yeah no i didn't uh i didn't get on oh, tinder tomer. for like s seven months which for me was the right amount of time. Some people will be earlier. Some people will be longer. I don't know. It, it all depends. But um, the uh, it also like, I don't know. I have a tendency to just kind of, like I said, just fucking fall for the first person I meet. And then that's where I'm at. So thankfully I went on a couple, like, I don't want to say bad dates, but dates that didn't gel Yeah. Um, before I met who I'm, who I'm still hanging out with. Um, who, who's yeah. Great by the way. Um, so yeah. Um, Tomer wants me to ask Google if, uh, if she can get romantic. I, I was going to say, like, I thought Barry White was going to play or some shit. Hell yeah. Evening Actually, I can, lights? Watch this. 
Okay, Google, turn on the living room lights. Oh, that's harsh. I can't, that's I can't. Do... Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, I've got a shiny face. Um, Dude, I have a tomato for a fucking head. You're okay. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Everybody gets through it different, but the main thing is, is like, and don't drink, probably. I, I'm not much of a drinker to begin with, but don't fall down that hole. I drank a lot on that fucking cruise, but when I came home, I did not keep drinking. And exercise and fucking... Yeah, I don't know. Just, just generally being positive, like Tomer. Tomer types <laughs> like he speaks. <laughs> but um, another thing that I didn't shout out because I, I kind of skipped over a lot of crossbody stuff. The opportunities that I've got from, like anybody in here, you're probably in here because you like wrestling or you're a wrestler like Tomer. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, joining a wrestling gym was like one of the best things I ever did, just for me personally, and like. The situations I've been in and, like, the talent I've been around, like, I've seen Tomer at a few shows. Like, it's like, imagine being in the same room as Tomer and just not there to see him wrestle. <laughs> but, uh, but um, also, like... Hey, that's like, my fucking line, Tomer. That's my, uh, that's my dinner line that gets me heat with some kings. <laughs> but, um, like, before I started ring announcing, um, I was just, just trading, and... Uh, they, uh, Ben was like, hey, uh, Brady was just kind of stopping being the ring announcer. Um, and Ben was like, Jamie, you want to be ring announcer on our showcase series shows? And I was like, hell yes. And uh, it seemed to be a good fit because I fucking love it. I think I'm good at it. And um, it's gotten me into a lot of really cool situations around a lot of really cool people that like, had I not taken the leap, had I not talked to Stacy at my wedding dinner about joining a wrestling school i might not be talking about talking to you about this right now i might have gone down like if i didn't have that wrestling school i had very good friends to help me out through that but if i didn't also have the wrestling school like something aside from my normal life that it's always yeah. been i don't know i don't know i don't know where i'd be and and i took that month of december like i was in bed but i was still going to training only to be around people i was like i yeah. can't be in the ring i haven't been eating I'm just not doing good. But Ben fucking Ortman's in early January gave me a really fucking good pep talk that I fucking needed, like a dad pep talk of like, it's time to fucking start training again. And until I went on vacation, and even after I got back from vacation, until that fucking pandemic hit, um, I was in there like every fucking day training hard. Like, I like to bump big. My favorite thing is to just get in the ring, jump as high as I can, and take a fucking back bump. Like a sick fucking choke slam. Um, I just like bumping, man. I'm 38. I didn't punch my bump card a lot before this, so, like, I'm not coming out of those really fucking sore. So it's it's great. And Ryan's got that sneak. Who's the first match you want to have? So I don't know who necessarily the first match in is, but you had a fucking wonderful first match Kovi against uh, uh, Ben Ortman's at the uh, at the showcase series and for first match I think I would want Big Ben because I know he could talk me through it and keep me calm and just basically like help me just because I know kind of what to do Tomer's my second match I know kind of what to do I just forget and I, I'm sure that's something that probably a, a lot of yeah. early wrestlers have is like you get in there especially if there were fans I don't know, fucking, I wouldn't remember anything. At a fucking Michael Elgin uh, um, uh, seminar, uh, 
I forgot everything. I basically forgot who I was the second I got into the ring. So like, <laughs> I would need somebody uh, kind of calling it to me. Um, and I think Ben would be great at that. And he did like, Kobe, you looked fucking awesome in your first match. Like, you can still go and check that out on the Crossbody uh, YouTube page. Um, but my Don't dream so match. I'm trying to get himself booked though. That uh, yeah, so yeah, I want Tomer to be my second match because hey, I think that's you awesome. not to bump. Sweet. <laughs> but um, I will say because like one of my pet peeves with promoters, and to be honest, it doesn't really happen to me. Like, so it's always a perspective thing of like people don't understand. My opinion of people is based on how you treat everyone. It's mm-hmm. not setting up shows. It's going to training also not being a shit bag of like yeah i know you'll be nice to me because you think you'll get something from me mm-hmm. but you don't realize jamie even before you were the ring announcer and just like helping out the shows i'm talking to you i'm interacting with you i'm dropping oh, yeah. across body if i can of if someone treats you like shit i hear about it and not in the because some people have done this with me of trying to go to other people to shit on me and like to get me yelled at of yep you don't come to me to complain about this person. You just tell me your experience. And unfortunately, most people, not just you, I'm using you as an example, and this has never actually mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I fall. When like a younger person is treated like shit and they tell me it, half the time they justify, well, I'm not anybody, so it makes sense why they, no. Just because someone has a royalty gimmick and they've been blacklisted two times since 2010, doesn't mean they have a right to treat you like shit. Does yeah. not have the right to talk down to you. Does not have the right to complain about you to their successful friends. Not more successful, because homie, you ain't successful. And if you can read between the lines, you know who exactly the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> and it is the thing of, I, I'm not trying to see everything, but I do hear everything. And I know who's fake and who's not. And that's why it's having like younger guys and stuff like that of people treating you well. That's all it is because Wrestling is the community is what makes it great. And people don't realize it. They think it's like the fun or whatever. It's always comes down to community and just like those little things of that's trying to be that one in 10 that stays good and doesn't let the nine corrupt you. I'd rather just burn it all. Actually, I posted this on my close friends on Instagram story because I was messaging someone. And uh, I just told them, oh, the funny thing is, is I just want to burn everything to the fucking ground. And yeah. I don't give a fuck what happens. And it is, but I'm burning it. I'm burning the shit. I'm not burning the good. I'm not burning no. everything. But yeah. going back to, and I forgot my train of thought for a second. I will say you're a good ring announcer because most promoters will be like, oh, I want to book you. One day I'll book you. Motherfucker, if you're a promoter, you can book someone. You don't have to tell them this. Yeah. Whereas I showed you that you're a good ring announcer for the fact that I fucking used you. I had Jimmy animate a picture of you that is still your face. With prom- that's those Dude, that's, that's when I like take a on photo, my shelf. Yeah, when I take a photo with a fan or with a fucking, I create a match graphic and that's still people's like bios and shit. Like there's a little part of me that you don't have to tell me, oh, this is dope. You're showing it. Your actions are there. Like even ryan and the whole camera crew i they didn't expect to get a talent announcement but motherfucker you're talented everyone's fucking talented hell yeah uh uh, yes and tomer shalom 100 percent. most ring announcers are just fans that show up most times and never do it ever again and yeah that's what i'm trying to not be i'm so trying to not be that 
most of the time they don't train and it's very much they just know someone or they set up or you want to know what i will not lie you can ring announce a match but also jamie you'll be in the ring with them making sure they stay on the line if you do contribute like three to five hundred dollars towards the bu budgeting i'll be very honest there if you want to ring announce for go hard pro each match <laughs> you'll have to pay me five hundred dollars don't yeah. worry the money does not go to brendan caulfield it goes to the boys and probably just like a giant case of monster energy drinks for the back <laughs> yeah that's uh definitely fair but what's your uh what's your future goals though of life not just wrestling so um i uh i said this on uh, another podcast and i'm sticking to it the uh i'm i'm gonna take bruce buffer's job someday like he's still got some years in the tank i still got a long way to go because with this fucking pandemic i was planning on like i I'm, I'm not a wrestler. I train to wrestle. I don't have a green light. I don't, honestly, I don't know that I ever will. Uh, but that being said, I was prepared to fucking hang out and go on rides with people through the States and just help and just be there in just in case, you know, something comes up and yeah. if it does, it does. I just like being around. So through just, you know, a comedy of errors, eventually I'll make it to the UFC and take Bruce Buffer's job. Cause that's just, that's yeah. how it is, is being in the right place at the right time. And then just building on that and, you know, the next right place yeah. at the right time. And it'll take a while, but I don't know. And, yeah, that's, like, the goal. But at the same time, I have a nice job. I work for a good company. And uh, I can be happy. And that's, that's, that's my real goal is just to be fucking – just to keep this up. Because the last – I don't know. Even I, – I will say since 2018 – before 2018, the best year of my life was 1995. Just, I grew up like on the lake, like hanging out with my friends that I still hang out with a lot of these guys. Like that summer, that whole year, grade seven, grade eight, it's fucking amazing. And until 2018, that was the best year of my life. But 2018, I got married. I went on that awesome Vegas trip. Forget the fact that I got split up and I'm getting divorced. That year still fucking ruled. 2019 fucking ruled until the unpleasantness at the end. 2020, yeah, it wasn't the best. I still had a great year, but I'm not going to go out saying it was the best fucking year of my life because fuck, like I hardly did anything, but I stayed home, played a lot of video games and kept my exercise and diet on, on track. So it wasn't a terrible year. 2021 probably isn't going to be the best year, but you know, I don't think I'm going to have a 1995 for as long as I did, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I reminisce but, about like third grade all the time because like I I specifically remember now looking back and going, I had no fucking worries. Like uh -huh. grade two, I got ringworm or something on my forehead because I took a two dollar bet to like headbutt everything and then the oh, fucking, no. the carpet fucking bit me back. And then in yeah. grade four, the summer before grade five, like the house went in foreclosure, a whole bunch of family uh. stuff. But grade three, because kindergarten doesn't count. I was falling asleep in my spaghetti. I was a AM <laughs> kindergarten kid. So, okay. like, it it makes sense. Like, it's just whatever. I was but a PM. Grade, pardon? Ah. I think I was a PM. Uh, I, I was always, like, wake up at 5 a.m., turn on the VCR, watch Beast Wars. Like, I was always, Sick. like, a super early kid. But uh, I remember specifically grade three of just, you're in a class, you're just sitting there, you're learning, like, two times two or whatever the fuck you learn. And just, like, I remember, and we're all midgets because we're all short as shit. Like, I was yep. thinking back, and I was talking to Kobe's girlfriend about it, uh, Kobe Durst. Of, mm -hmm. Remember, like, the electrical boxes? Mm -hmm. The big green and, like, electrical box? sat on them. Hell but, yeah. like, 
it was way taller. Like I went for a walk last week or the week before, and like that some bitch is at like my knee or my calf. You'd have to boost maybe. yourself up to sit on it. Yeah, like you have to do like that little reverse dip. Yeah, or like you crawl going forward if you don't have like the strength for it. And then yep. also my uh, my gyms in my school because we didn't have auditoriums, but we had like a big gym and a little gym, and they had stages. Mm-hmm. And like I remember like the the dip to like struggle and like you'd want to just get up there really quick and like it yeah. doesn't happen so then you have to go the other way where you look like a fucking sea otter trying to get on the fucking sand and yep. it's just like there was no worries for me in grade three and there's no way that especially as a adult because we're all gonna have worries especially my belief that everyone born after 1980 has some form of mental health problem of oh, you, yeah my theory before 1980 it's a game of what mental health problem do I have after 1980? It's what don't I have? Yeah, that's uh, fair. But I think also on that note, sorry to interrupt, but no the, before ni- the before 1980 people were much better at um, bottling, bottling it up. up. Yeah, and putting <laughs> it under a fucking rock. Yep. And uh, it was around the time that, it, yeah, I was born in 82. It was right around there. And I think it was the TV, like the media we were consuming, like Ben Orban said earlier, Saved by the Bell, stuff like that, that uh, helped us be more in touch with our emotional side that uh, I think is for better. I was going to say for better or for worse, but I say much for better because, uh, I don't know, we're in a bit of a transition period where we're trying to get, I don't know, the old people and the runoff of the old people to accept that the old ways aren't great. Which well, hopefully- the old people now... Like, the old people 20 years ago, 30 years ago, were born in a different time period. The old people now are jealous that the old people then could get away with stuff. Like, there's a thing that if you're Anthony Jeselnik and you spent two decades saying offensive jokes, that is your niche. Mm -hmm. You can't be a new comedian and just start making harassing jokes to people and just go, well, he got away with it. He grinded, he put in his work. You're starting in a different fucking world that yep. the line ha- and Jim Jeffries put it best of you can't yell at him for something he said in 2010 because you moved the line back. He didn't mm-hmm. cross the line when he said it then. So you mm-hmm. can't bring it up now. It's all in the comedy specials going forward of how malicious is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and on that, on the note of like the old people and I've got to shout out my parents cause my parents are, they're, they're not, I, when I go home, I don't, we don't fight about the shit basically that's in the news lately about indigenous communities, oh which my is God. disgusting and fucking awful. Um, they are not going there. They also think it's disgusting and awful yeah. where there's some old people that'll be like, well, it's just the way it was or, or have some fucking bullshit and basically white people I'm talking about, but I don't know, not to get, not to get too in the weeds, but hey, yeah, I, that is I have a bullshit. Joke. I, I have a joke that I'm not homophobic. I'm not racist. I'm not misogynistic, but there's one type of people I hate and it's middle-aged white people. And there's two reasons. One, they're the result of all the problems. Every people with like full power are middle-aged or elderly. And then secondly, you hate what you'll become. And if I don't die, no matter what I do, no matter how much I work out, no matter how successful or doing whatever, no matter what crazy hairstyle I have, no matter if I get a leg amputated, I will be a middle-aged white person at some point if I don't. Yeah, but 
it's up to you what type of middle-aged white person. Because, like I said, my parents are middle-aged white people, and uh, they don't suck. They don't Definitely have any. You're you're in that age. Hell yeah, I'm I'm so. When I turned thirty, all I could think about going back to like growing up on television. Uh, uh, Justin Zane for the second in there of just uh, I am the old people. Wow, I'm middle aged. Uh, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Well, when I turned thirty. Uh, I just remembered the episode of Bull House where Danny Tanner turned 30. And Danny Tanner turned 30 with three girls. Uh, he was a widow, and he lived with Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey in this big fucking house in San Francisco. When I turned 30, I was with my ex, and we were in, we were probably together for five years. And I had two cats, and I was on the road with my job all the time. So I was like, I'm doing something wrong. But when I look at it now, I think I'm doing things right. I, I, I'm not there. There's some parts of my life that people my age have basically kids. I'm glad. I'm not saying I don't ever want kids. I'm glad I don't have kids today. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, I, I've come to the realization that I'm going to be one of the 40 year old fathers. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. So cool. I, uh, <laughs> before we wrap this up though, because we are going a little later, but I'd love chatting. Yeah, I, I, there's a oh, reason yeah. that you were involved in multiple tapings of Murders, Monsters, Mysteries, and more. It's, it was an excuse Sick. to talk to you. And remember, never be afraid to reach out for those Zoom links. I hope, like, if you are available tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, we're watching Crossbody, uh, the Family Day Feud, though. Uh, Sunday at 8 p.m. if you're available. Uh, I think, probably. I'll but, be in uh, touch. The, the final question I'll ask you, and, like, I'll let you think this over while I make this statement, because it summarizes kind of what you were saying. Uh, mm -hmm. I want you to pick a song that motivates you or gets you pumped up, that either when you're in bed and you just need that song to wake you up in the morning, to just be like, okay, it's time to go, or you're at Crossbody and Ben's yelling at you because your leapfrog fucking sucks or you can't figure out this arm lock of... Mm -hmm. That song in your mind is like, okay, let's go into it. Uh, but to wrap up your that children of I, it's not that I don't want children. I'm happy I don't have them right now. Rex Atkins is 33, and he has two daughters. And I realize this because of him. The reason why middle-aged people in between, like, 35 to 50 used to be so fucking old was the stress of having children. The moment you have a child, you are now, no matter how youthful you feel, no matter what you do, you are not the youngest person you're taking care of at that moment. There is another human being that you have to take care of. And as long as you're not a shitty person, they are your priority. And I think that's what aged so many people beforehand that there's a show called The Cabin with Burt Kreischer on Netflix. Okay. And episode four has Kaylee Coco, uh, Coco uh, Joe McHale, and Miss Pat, a comedian. And it legitimately just episode four, please show your girlfriend it. I, I have it saved on my phone. I've showed everyone I talk. My life is better that episode four of that show exists. But he did another episode with a bunch of older comedians. And it's like mm -hmm. Big J Okerlin. I forget one of the other guys. And then Anthony. Uh, fuck. The dude from Kangaroo Jack and Blackish. Anthony. Uh, like, mm, I don't know. Uh, I forget what his last name is. But uh, he he's in it that uh they talk about how when they were younger 49 and 50 seemed so old and then they brought up it's like we still play video games we're smoking pot like there's a 
a generational difference between us and our parents. And I think it is because that thing that you brought up about uh, Danny and fucking uh, <laughs> at 30, he has three daughters and he's a widow. People yeah. were so fucking, I don't think it's Anthony Hamilton. I think it's something else. Cause I'm pretty sure it's not Hamilton. It's, it's more of a, not a gimmicky name, but more of a entertainment name. Uh, what's it called though? Of just, we put the pressure on, we need to accomplish so much so quickly. And also jobs, the job security of work at the factory when you're 18 or get into whatever and keep that job until you retire. That's out the window now is that smart people aren't having kids if they don't have their shit figured out yet. And that's the thing about having children. Like you can't go to a school without an entry exam. You can, accidentally have a child you can't accidentally be successful like no. you just don't wear a condom and don't pull out and then go oh anderson anthony anderson that is it ah. uh, but uh i think that's that's a good little thing uh i'll be talking to you a lot more but what's a uh, what's a song that motivates you and then uh, your final plugs so it, it's more than one so that's another thing that got me no through worries. my whole my whole fucking uh year or not even a year, the, the few months, like that just unpleasantness um, is uh, I made a couple of playlists, but basically um, something, another thing, I, like I said, I've got an, an arrested development syndrome where I'm 15 still for my whole life. And when I was Bang. 15, um, I was, I loved the album Dude Ranch by Blink-182. And uh, that actually the whole catalog of Blink-182 from the album before Dude Ranch, which has Damn It on it and Josie and whatever, uh, right through to their self-titled album they put out in 2004. I listened to those albums on repeat for months and months, and I got into this Blink-182 podcast that's fucking incredible, that they reviewed every single Blink-182 song, even the shitty ones, which mostly shitty ones. But uh, these guys are super cool. They're from Toronto. Podcast is successful. It's still going, um, but they're done Blink-182 songs. Now they just do punk songs. Um so it's really good. It's called Blink-155. It's, it's super awesome. So I listen to so much Blink-182, but songs. Um, I also got into, uh, very late for me, is this uh, band Pup. Have you heard of Pup? They're a uh, punk rock band. Yeah. No, uh, I'm sorry. What was, uh, what's your favorite Blink-182 song? My favorite Blink-182 song varies. Last year, according to Spotify, it was uh, Dysentery Gary. But uh, my actual favorite Blink-182 song is Damn It, which is the like their yeah. you know breakout hit, which is a fucking good song. Like, holy shit, that's a good song. I don't, you know, Blink-182, poo-poo, pee-pee humor, fine. I don't care. That fucking song, it's called Damn It. It doesn't say Damn It once in the whole lyrics of the song. The entire feeling of the song is damn it like fuck like that sucks damn it so um that's my favorite blink song but songs that get me out like that i've discovered in the past year pup has a song called dark days which has a really sick video um check that out they're from i think they're from toronto if they're not from toronto they're definitely fucking canadian um and a sick canadian punk rock band um and funny enough i'd normally be super embarrassed to admit this but i'm not embarrassed to admit anything anymore hell yeah um, the song uh, Forget You Too by Machine Gun Kelly. Forget You Too? Yep. 
or forget me too. I don't know, one or the other. But that song fucking goes. Uh, there's a a patron and a fan. Uh, her name's Morgan. Uh, she actually turned me on to Machine Gun Kelly's "End of the Road," and like that's a solid fucking track. I have I haven't heard it. I I don't. Everything in my being doesn't want to like Machine Gun Kelly. Yep. But uh, there is that pop punk pop punk album that released about a year ago or after the summer, which sucks because it would have been a great summer. A few good summer songs from the album. The songs that I don't like on the album are like some of the worst fucking songs I've ever heard. But there's three or four that fucking go. Like it's fucking 2001 fucking... This is the this is the music that Blink One Eighty Two should be putting out today that they're fucking not. And actually, shout out to Mark Hoppus because Buddy's been de- fucking fighting cancer. Came out today for three months. So yeah, fucking that's pretty real for like the ultimate teenager to be dealing with that shit. So uh, yeah, fuck feeling for Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what are your final plugs? Uh, I don't know. Uh, fucking go hard pro wrestling. Check out them. Cause I'm the ring announcer and they're fucking awesome. Um, backyard pro starting up again, June 30th on their, uh, on their, uh, YouTube page. And I uh, didn't announce this yet, but one of the Saturdays or Sundays, uh, next month when I just figure out the schedule, especially like after they air theirs, I'm going to do a spotlight uh, Zoom call where we're going to binge watch all three of the episodes from next season. So feel Sick. free to join in for that because that was the first Bren Dome event that we did, like spotlight style and like like Kingdom shitting on hackers, hilarious. Like, oh, man, hacker was talking about funny. Our, like, dude, like there's so uh, the best line that came out of that Bren Dome, which the video and the podcast of that is available on Patreon, was. Sick. Kingdom James, because there is a Freddy Krueger, it's Pride Month, in the, um, in, like, a rainbow-style uh, sweater instead of his normal one. Yeah. And uh, the Kingdom joke was, oh, more like Nightmare on Church Street. <laughs> oh, nice. It's a solid... Because <laughs> of the rainbow. That's really, <laughs> that's, that's really fucking clever. But that's Kingdom, man. Um, right? Fuck. The first, one of the first... Superkick shows that I went to somewhere in that jumble of that fucking amazing talent. Kingdom came back. Like he wasn't there for a while, but he had been there. He was there and he cut this fucking promo that me and Drew were fucking jaw dropped of how he just kept going and going and just visceral. And somebody in the fucking balcony was yelling down to him. That was just a fucking fan and kingdom lit him up. Like I've never seen somebody lit up so bad in my life. Like I've never met kingdom. I respect the shit out of Kingdom for his fucking wit. Like, that guy is, he's a fucking genius. Like, his gears are turning so fucking fast. So, yeah, shout out uh, Kingdom. Fun fact, uh, he definitely got in trouble for going too long on that promo. Oh, he had to have. It was so fucking long. But as a fan who was there, who had no insight to the industry before that, I loved every fucking second of it. And uh, before you go, I'm just going to, uh, oh, no, but, like, where can they follow you on Twitter and Instagram? So on Twitter, it's at toast underscore and underscore Jamie. I'm on Instagram the most. You'll see me and my cat Winston and all my Legos. Uh, it's at jfrancisco82. And follow Crossbody Pro Wrestling on YouTube because you're going to see me on there a whole bunch. Join up Independent Wrestling TV. Use the code Crossbody that I'm sure still works. for. A, I think you'll get a free month out of that. Check out all our Crossbody shows. Uh, like I said, Go Hard Pro. We're on... Uh, do we have our own YouTube or is it 
are we just the show on the crossbody? It's just on crossbody right now, but like, there might be a holiday special this year, but you can't watch it. I'm just gonna put that teaser out there because, like, bro, (laughs) (laughs) my ideas. I don't. I don't even understand my ideas. So I'm just seeing these challenges. But uh, right before you go, I just want to highlight some of the comments from the chat. From Justin Zane said, as long as you're happy, healthy, and smiling, your path is right for you. The first and last person you go to critique is yourself. Go at your own pace, which is great fucking advice. Fuck yeah. Uh, Telmer said, Britney Spears, give me, give me, super motivated and inspired. Telmer gets it. Telmer knows. He he types like he fucking (laughs) speaks. Uh, Life of Danielson, or just Danielson, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm that obsessive that I left to find that. Also, that I totally Sasha that I, I totally Sasha and I, I. Okay, I. It's not tied properly, but I want my shit stable before I bring in another element. And that's talking about our previous conversation about children. I think that's Hell the yeah. maturity level that this generation of society is about. Of we're not thinking about ourselves as in oh, we want our legacies to live on or we want to be a father. We are thinking about bringing this child into a world that, A, especially with Brampton, a lot of Brampton jokes tonight, but uh, <laughs> sketchy. It's possibly because I could get stabbed in six hours when I go to work. I don't know yet. Be I'm careful. Gonna... Wear that Bret Hart fucking steel plate gimmick that he wore against Goldberg. Dude, yeah, because I just have that laying around. Yeah, I you got it. Yeah, you have I a fucking have... coffin. <laughs> I have a coffin, not a shield. <laughs> yeah, um, true. But uh, and then uh, saying, Justin Zane, thanks for the conversation tonight, guys. Liked hearing it. Uh, interesting, Holden. Oh, no. oh, yeah, never mind. He actually is uh, involved in the creative process. He knows what I mean by a wrestling show without a wrestling show. Oh, uh, shit. And Ryan says, spine buzzers are almost as bad as body slams. I, I, I like that I, that's uh... a random statement that doesn't actually make sense for any of the, any of the things. But... Thank you so much for the fucking conversation. If you're listening to this podcast or the Instagram live TV going back, remember I'm doing this every Thursday at 7.15, alternating weeks with the open lines. If you want to get involved in that, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Brendan C. Uh, and also like just join in for the chat element of it. It's just super fun talking to people of in it. Like you don't have to be a patron to watch this. It's on Instagram. You don't need to understand Twitch. Everyone has Instagram. If you don't post on Instagram, you have Instagram so you can jerk out. I'm sorry. Think and look at hot <laughs> But uh, thank you so much for your time, Jamie. I hope you have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, a good night. Just have fun. Stay safe, staying healthy, and pursuing happiness, bro. Like, thank you. This was a great chat. I love talking. Hell yeah, man. Love it as always. Thank you. Bye, everybody. See you all soon.